Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I want to thank each and every one of you for your support by bringing you the pillow that started it all. Get my standard my pillow, regularly $49.98, now only $19.98 with your promo code. Just like all of you, I've tried every pillow out there, and none of them worked. That's why I invented my pillow. My patented pill adjusts to your exact individual needs, helps keep your neck aligned, and it holds its shape all night long, regardless of your sleep position. So you get the best sleep of your life. Because it works, we've sold over 70 million MyPillows, and now I'm bringing them to you for the lowest price ever. Go to MyPillow.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code, and you'll get my standard MyPillow for only $19.98. For a more custom fit, my premium queen for only $27.98. Or my premium king, only $34.98. My 60-day money-back guarantees it'll be the most comfortable pillow you'll ever own. It's time to resist. They can't arrest us all. And they can't keep all your kids home from school. They can't keep every government building closed. We don't have to accept the mandates, lockdowns, and harmful policies of the petty tyrants and feckless bureaucrats. We can simply say no. Not again. The only way to stop these mandates is to refuse to comply. Refuse to show vaccine passports. Refuse to wear a mask refuse to stay at home we will not comply with fauci we will not comply with joe biden and we will not comply with authoritarian governors i am not going to comply this ends now Broadcasting live and live to Patriot Control of America. You're listening to the Patriot Party Podcast. Now, on the show, the chair is against the wall. The muskrat jumps over the berm. This is your last chance. After this, there is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. Remember, all I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. I've seen a hundred grand in cash, I've took the trip to hell and back. I've been around never saw nothing like you. And I've seen lights up in the sky And I've seen ghosts alone at night I've seen some things but they were nothing like Till I walk through walls Till I walk through walls I wanna be with you Cause I'm me with you I've seen things I swear to God that I still can't explain I've been way too drunk and way too high been dancing in the rain I've seen 
nothing that's white like you Till I'm a co-host, I'll give all my life to you And when I'm a co-host, I will always be your boo I've seen the country far and wide, I meet my heroes all the time I've been around, never saw nothing like you and I've held diamonds in my hands I've got a couple million fans I met some folks but they were nothing like Till I walk through walls Till I walk through walls I wanna be with you Cause I'm me with you I swear to God that I still can't believe I've seen shooting stars and crystal balls and magic in the breeze I've seen Paris, I've seen London, I have been weak in the knees Ain't seen nothing that's quite like you Till I'm a ghost, I'll give all my life to you And when I'm a ghost, I will always be Till it burns down, till the world ends Till it's all gone, till my last breath Till I leave town, till there's nothing left Till I'm in the ground Till I'm a ghost, I'll give all my life to you And when I'm a ghost, I will always be Till I'm a ghost, I'll give all my life to you And when I'm a ghost, I will always be your boo Fuckers to another edition of the Patriot Party Podcast. I am the Mick, and with me, of course, is my much better beloved better half. V Lynn. Hello, Patriots. So uh Mick's voice is gone again, but I made him more tea, so he should be good in like 20 minutes. Yeah, in three days. <laughs> Although it did help, it's gotten better. It's gotten today's gonna better. be the last night of freezing temperatures. Tomorrow the low is 40 overnight, and it's gonna be it's like been so dry. It's 60 ridiculous. during the day. Yeah. It's well, I mean, it doesn't you know, it doesn't help that Never we have heaters here. running in the house. Yeah. No shit. Um, never freezes yeah so i'm still going out every morning and breaking up the water in the duck pools so that they can and the the chicken water so that they can all live drink yeah live but they're still giving me like six or seven eggs a day even though it's freezing and dark and stuff so hey more power to them we'll keep them coming that light's back out again though you got to replace the light again is is it it was on this morning no it's one again that's rough uh, I might, I'll probably have to run to Walmart after the show and go get one. Cause it's yeah. going to be cold tonight. It's going to be cold again. <laughs> yeah. Right, so no shit. All right. Um, anyway, so, uh, big stuff came out today and I'm actually really excited, um, to bring our guest on. We have Kim Overton from the nurse freedom network joining us and, um, some stuff that we already knew, but you know, more validation stuff that I've been talking about for a year and it's, it's all come out today that, um, the booster shot kills you, basically. 
Well, that it, it lowers your immune system, but now we have the science behind it. They're, they're looking at antibodies and they were looking at the wrong antibodies. They were looking at the, uh, or they weren't looking at specific antibodies and what it was creating is the, the IG4, which is basically killing your immune, killing system. Your immune system. It absolutely attacks your immune system. Yep. It's overactive white blood cells that attack everything yep. at that point. So anyway, so nerves um, included, which is interesting because that explains a lot of the spinning to the right. The all of a sudden grabbing that shit and spinning to the right. So, uh, yeah, and two, I will get into that later. Come, came out. Um, That's a big deal. It's huge. Ooh. It's huge. So anyway, so let's bring Kim on without any further ado. All right. She's been waiting long enough. How you doing? Oh, we can't hear you. You're, you're muted. You're, you're muted on your end. <laughs> uh, I think I would listen to this by now. Sorry. That's okay. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you guys so much for having me tonight. Uh, it's a pleasure. So tell us about yourself and um, and and your organization and and what you guys are doing. Toot sure. your own horn in a nutshell. Okay. Well, um, again, my name is Kimberly Overton. I am a registered nurse. My background is in critical care. I've been in healthcare for about 26 years now. I worked throughout the entire pandemic uh, as an ICU nurse, directly caring for COVID patients. Uh, but then I began becoming uncomfortable with the protocols that they were using in the hospitals, uh, the remdesivir specifically. Um, that we were using and this was a medication that was um, often it's we know it's nephrotoxic meaning it's damaging to the kidneys um, we know it is um, in many cases killing patients yeah so, we call it run death is near exactly exactly right yeah that's what i i refer to it as and uh, all the icu nurses refer to it as if that tells you anything but uh i decided um that i could no longer continue on at the bedside because of these, uh, the protocols that we're using. And while we're using these medications that are clearly doing more harm than good, we're also denying patients medic safe and effective therapeutic medications that were actually making a difference and could have saved people's lives. And that was just a burden that I, I couldn't bear any longer. Uh, so I actually left the bedside um, back in 2021. And I started Nurse Freedom Network back in July of that year. And that was just to take a stand against the vaccine mandates. Um, I had been, uh, after leaving the bedside, working at home as a telephone triage nurse. But again, I start becoming uncomfortable with protocols that they have us using. They want us to recommend this vaccine as safe and effective for everyone, for children. Now, I think that we, you know, we have our proverbial line in the sand, or we should have our proverbial line in the sand. And that was it for me because they wanted me to recommend them for children with no safety data. They wanted us to use the words that they were safe and effective period, which we would have no way of knowing because we didn't have any long-term safety data. So there was no way that that was informed consent. I was very uncomfortable with that. Um, and at that point, I just realized, you know, that my, my values no longer aligned with my employers and I ended up resigning from my position. There was just no way that I was, I was gonna recommend these shots for children. Just to give you all a clue about ICU nurses, um, one of the few in the whole profession that I can tell you without a shadow of a doubt saved my life on more than two occasions. Yeah. When I was in the ICU on two different occasions after surgery. Hold on. Wait, quick, quick rundown, just so you know, Kim, our, our audience knows. But uh, Mick had um, an ADM in his corpus callosum caused by a combat injury. Um, well, a combat 
the incident. They blew up his Jeep anyway. Um, and, Only, but anyway. Whatever. And, uh, and he ended up having to have first an embolization and then a craniotomy. And they removed the AVM from his corpus callosum. They told me that he'd be dead in five years. That was 17 years ago. So anyway, here we are. So one of the things that happened, though, while I was in ICU on three of the, well, two of the three occasions that I was there, and for the time I was there, um, my ICU nurse actually stopped the doctor from ordering drugs that would have killed me because he was mixing drugs that essentially, once they hit your system, are 120% completely toxic and will kill you. And it was the ICU nurse that spoke up and said, whoa, wait a minute. No, 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 no. You don't give these two together. And, you know, that's those are the few times when you can't speak up and nobody can be in there with you that you completely depend on the nurse that is administering medication to you. Oh, exactly. hundred. We do a lot of that as ICU nurses. I can't tell you the number of times that I've had to call a doctor and do just that. Say, listen, are you sure you want to give this dose of that medication to this patient because you'll kill them? That's a conversation that I've had before. Uh, that's a conversation that many ICU nurses have had. But this, and that's exactly the problem is that, you know, we are that last line of defense to the patient or we're supposed to be. And unfortunately, it's like this isn't happening any longer. The nurses are not speaking up. They're not advocating for these patients. And this newer uh, crop of nurses that are coming out, it's like they're not questioning anything. They're not, you know, this is why we should be questioning the science versus just following the science. This is the exact reason why, because we have this enormous responsibility to be that last line of defense to our patients. I, I wish you could talk to my sister-in-law. I yeah. so wish you could talk to my sister-in-law because she's one of those nurses that is sold down that river. She's gotten all of her jabs. She's boosted. She's vaxxed. And I was like, oh, my and so Lord. All woman. Of her kids. And all of her kids as well. And I was just like, Including oh, my God, my, stop. Eight-year-old niece. Stop. Please and, uh, stop. She, uh, she's, and she's a nurse. What kind of nurse is she? She's uh, matured uh, or... Emergency room. Emergency room. She's and has she been a nurse for a long time or is she newer nurse? No, yeah, she's been a nurse for a while. Years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's like, I can't understand like how nurses are not using those critical thinking skills. You know, those, those don't go out the window with COVID. No. I, I that was like, that's the reason we need to be asking more questions because none of it made sense from the very beginning. But that was, that was from the start. That was from the, the front line all the way back through the, cause understand during COVID, I was a, a firefighter EMT working for a fire department, transporting people. And I was like, wait a minute, this is really dumb. We just took this guy out of his house. We're going to package him in a six by six box that we're going to drive to a hospital with a guy who has a contagious disease. And, no, and all you're going to offer me is this piece of paper. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly. None of it made sense. And then they had us going and wearing our N95 masks, but they had us wearing that and going from our, our COVID patient rooms into our non-COVID patient rooms with the same N95 mask. And that's something that pre-COVID infection control policies never would have allowed anything like that to happen. So that was why I started questioning things early on. It was like, none of this is making any sense. It's like you want us to give everybody COVID. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Absolutely. It was like spread it as fast as possible. Yeah. I mean, that's why they that's why they put COVID patients into the nursing homes and and they did the exact same thing in the UK. They wouldn't let COVID patients out of the care homes. That's I mean, that came out in November, but we, we just talked about it some last night. They're using midazolam and morphine in combination to just 
straight up kill them. They'd put on a DNR without their family's knowledge or consent. And um, and then they they would just murder, murder the them. Patient. So they did the same thing to Grace Shar here with just straight morphine. Yeah. Um, when I read the Substack from um, from Dr. Alexander yesterday about them about them doing that in the UK, I immediately sent it to Scott Shara, and I was like, "This is just a, I mean, this is a repeat." I feel like 1935 Germany was a test run for what we're going through right now. So, and that's why I continue to speak out and try to connect with as many nurses as I can. We actually have an event coming up in Orlando where um, I'm hosting the American Freedom Nurses Summit. And the reason why we want to do that and the reason why we want to start doing events across the country is to connect with more, like your sister, like more nurses that are not, for whatever reason, they're not seeing it. And we want to show them the perspective. We want to elevate the stories of those who have been vaccine injured, uh, those who have lost their loved ones to hospital protocols like remdesivir that has killed so many patients. That, that killed many of my own patients. And, and I couldn't, like, I can't get their, their faces out of my head. I cannot do it. It's been so difficult. And I think that the more that we're able to share these things with these nurses, prayerfully, their eyes will be opened and we will hopefully save more lives by doing so. Well, I, I, you know, what I've noticed is with many a people and they've, it, it's taken them a bit to figure all this out and see it. But one of the big things I've noticed is you see these people, especially like, for instance, my sister-in-law, unfortunately, until something happens to the family because of the jab, she's not going to believe it. She I've tried to talk to her about it. I've tried to send her cases and say, look, this is what's going on. This is what people are going through. And she won't hear it because the only thing she hears, well, the government would never do that to me. <laughs> yeah, it's right. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of evil to take in, right? And I can, I can almost understand, especially if you've been jabbed, not wanting to face the reality of what could potentially happen to you because it's like you're walking around thinking you're a ticking time bomb. So I can kind of almost understand not wanting to see it, but at the same time, I mean, we cannot, we cannot ignore this any longer. And unfortunately I've seen a lot of people suffering, you know, the, the um, sudden cardiac death, unexplained um, just illnesses, the turbo cancers, all of these things that are popping up and people still are not, are refusing to correlate it with the vaccine. They're like, Oh, it's just a coincidence. You know, and we, we accept that every medication out there has potential for side effects. But for some reason, we implicitly trust that vaccines would never, they can do nothing. They can do nothing but good. They can't um, have any side effects of any, of any kind. And we have to start asking ourselves why the implicit trust in these vaccines. I had to ask myself those difficult questions because I had been pro-vaccine for so many years. So See, when I, we well, did- hold on. I was lucky because- in my in my family, um, when they first rolled out the DTAP, uh, one of my great uncle's kids um, was one of the few babies that died from the DTAP, and uh, and a couple others had severe allergic reactions. So we were always warned growing up in our family: you just you don't get anything until you get a skin test. Period to see if you have any kind of reaction. And so my mom refused to, to let me get, you know, 
let the get really anything. And I had a skin test done when I was eight and my arm blew up like a balloon. And she was like, nope, no vaccines for you. And I did the same thing for our kids, except they wouldn't do skin tests. They just asked me a bunch of questions and they were like, oh, well, you're probably allergic to thimerosal. So, you know, you should go ahead and get them vaccines. And I was like, no, absolutely. You're a fucking quack. Absolutely not. And then I went back and I talked to the pediatrician who was like a hundred and he was amazing. He told us to put whiskey on their gums when they were teething. Like he was really old school. And he was like, no, they give too many shots to kids and they put too many, too many things in, in one shot. Um, I'm going to write you an exemption. Um, he retired shortly after our second child was born, but not before he wrote me that exemption. So both our kids have medical exemptions for vaccines. Um, but we're, and it, it's just because we have a family history, but if it hadn't happened to somebody in my family, we, we would never have gone down that road. So right. people implicitly trust. And, and it's the same way with, you know, nurses and even doctors really, they don't receive a whole lot of education on vaccines. And that is something I've really had to come to, um, and, and, and give myself some grace for that because I said, we were encouraging these vaccines for so long because we were told that they were good. And we were implicitly trusting that all of these people that are charged with, you know, doing the, the research and the safety that they're doing their due diligence and they're, they're doing what they're supposed to. Um, clearly that isn't the case. So that, but just know that when you go and you talk with a nurse that's encouraging these vaccines, know that they don't have any more information than you do. In fact, if you're um, somebody who's been injured or had somebody like yourself in your family, you are probably more educated on vaccines than your nurse. Mm -hmm. I can promise you that. Yep. Well, one of the big things I, I remember, like, and I, I don't know what it is for a nurse, but I remember when I was becoming a paramedic, one of the classes we had, we had it with a, um, um, cardiologist and we were getting our it was all the cardiology we were doing rhythms and all the crazy crap anyway he we asked because they brought up the whole point of SIDS and this was eight, 18 years ago yeah. 19 years ago when I went through this yeah 19 years ago we, they brought up the question about SIDS there's sudden infant death syndrome is there anything like sudden adult death syndrome or something like that no that's called murder. Wait a minute. Say that again, doc. No, that's called murder. Sudden adult death syndrome is not natural. Yet today, now we have something synonymous with a vaccine that was never natural in the first place. Although I will say that I, I think the statistic is something like 95% of SIDS cases, sudden infant death syndrome happened within 72 hours of vaccination. Yeah, and that's just something that th that's not talked about. They, it's like they, they've normal. They're trying to normalize SADS like the same way that they did with SIDS, mm -hmm. and they convinced us all. And they, they did a really good job of it. They did a damn good job of it. Actually, they convinced so many of us that this was just something really sad that happened. Sometimes just babies go to sleep and they don't wake up, or because you, you know they're you're putting them on their belly. I mean, it's it's absolute absurdity that we have listened to these people and allowed them to normalize what they have. So all of these babies that have died, you're right. Um, you know, once you start doing the research, it is within, um, you know, usually typically 72 hours of that vaccination. And, you know, parents are just told that there's no, there's no reason to correlate it to the vaccine. This is just something that happens. That's yep. They actually, at one point, um, I remember there was a, they were talking about 
there's like something called like a soulless kitten syndrome. We used to breed cats, my mom and I, and, and occasionally you'll have a kitten that just won't thrive. Uh, it's pretty rare, but that just nothing you do. Like they just, they won't eat and, and they call it like, they just say the kitten's born without a soul. It's just not meant to live. And they were trying to use the same explanation for, for babies for a while with SIDS. Oh, it's, it's, they're just, they're, they're born without a soul and they're just not meant to live. Um, no, it's not how this works. But, you know, you said something a little bit ago about how you understand that, you know, a lot of people don't want to admit it because they're they're ticking time bombs. And that's kind of where where we're at, because we we've come to realize, you know, all these people that have taken the jab, especially the ones that have gotten their children jabbed and they're lining up for their fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh shot now in, in Israel and in the UK, I want to say insanity. They're not critical thinkers. They they just. They're sheep. That's why we call them sheeple. Um, but if they are forced to come to terms with the fact that the government is out to kill them and that these are poison death jabs and that um, th this is a, a worldwide population or depopulation agenda, then they'll probably just give up unless we hand them some kind of answer. Like you don't have to die. Do this, do this, do this, do this. Yeah. Um, so we've been working trying to find various healers to tell us what people can do at home or ways they can direct their doctors, people that are working with COVID jab injured patients right now. Um, you know, healers that are, that are kind of just doing other things, not using big pharma. Um, so are, are you, are you, I know you're, you guys are doing like concierge nursing, right? Are you actively working with, with injured patients? Yeah, we just soft launched. Um, we just saw, it was probably about a week, a week and a half ago. So I, you know, aside from the advocacy with Nurse Freedom Network, you know, my larger vision was really to be able to create opportunities for nurses to be able to break away from this broken, oppressive, it's a sick care system. It truly does nothing to keep anyone well nothing. Yep. So we wanted to create these opportunities for these nurses who are either displaced by the mandates uh, or they just they can no longer work in this this type of environment any longer. So we started uh, remnant nursing, which is going to be uh, concierge nursing services. And we actually have uh, several protocols that are showing very, very promising results with the vaccine injured that we have recommended these to. So um, if somebody I always recommend if they have had any amount, I don't care how long it's been, if it was two years ago, you had the, just the initial two and you're doing fine, I always recommend doing the detox and we are able to you know, see people in consultation, we're able to uh, provide them with individualized wellness plans and detoxes based on the results of that, that consult. So that's something I would encourage um, you know, your, your viewers to, to reach out and we can certainly help with that and, and uh, guide people. And, not just for the vaccine injured. I mean, this is something that I think we all need, you know, even if you've not been vaccinated, the potential for, you know, shedding and, and all of that, it's there and it's real. And we really need to keep our immune systems uh, in tip top shape because I really believe 2020 dress rehearsal for what's to come. They're coming at us with something else and we need to be prepared. And that may mean getting our immune system in an optimal condition for whatever's coming down the pike. And, and that's, I, I think that's the most important part is being as healthy as we possibly can be for, because <clears throat> who knows what the fuck they're going to throw at us next. It's, we've, it's already, coming. We, yeah. we've already seen. Bill Gates they, told us so. And yeah. we, we've already seen what's going, how do you know what's going on in China? 
is not them locking them in, getting a person sick and spreading a virus in a building. Well, they just they just reopened China. They just reopened China's borders. They just ended the zero COVID policy and mm-hmm. the lockdowns and COVID case COVID cases are through the roof in China right now, supposedly. What are their vaccination rates in China? They're trying to now. They're trying to. Well, see, China had their <laughs> developed their own vaccine that wasn't mRNA based, um, but now they're trying to mass vaccinate the entire population while COVID cases are through the roof, which just puts pressure on the virus to mutate. And uh, you know, I mean, none of these. They're every every vaccine is a leaky vaccine. I'm sorry, there is no non leaky vaccine. It doesn't matter what it is. Polio, freaking measles, mumps, rubella. It doesn't matter. They're all leaky vaccines. Um, that's been proven over and over and over again. So that's just what happens when you mass vaccinate a population in the middle of an outbreak. You just propagate more of the outbreak. So yeah, China, China, I think is, uh, is, is the tip of the spear right now for whatever's coming out next. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, if you know, like I said, we, we have these protocols that we're using, we're happy to start um, seeing every, we are PMA or it's a private membership association. So membership to that is uh, required, but we have plans as low as just $15 a month that can get, you know, access to these services. You know, unfortunately, that's the only way that we're able to do it because that PMA uh, takes out the government from interfering in the care we provide. It's all cash services. We cannot take any insurance or anything like that. Uh, as you know, that's going to, they would dictate the care that we provide. Oh, yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, most people pay, what, $600 a month for insurance and they still have to pay $50 a copay to go see a doctor and they have to pay 20 to 50. Yeah. Then they have to meet their deductible. So God forbid you break your arm. If you don't do it three times in one year, you're still out of pocket, you know, 10, 10 grand on the average. So $15 a month. I mean, yeah. that's, yeah. I mean, that it's, it's really, honestly, it's like, And and I tell people all the time, I'm like, you know what, even if you don't need our services right now, if you support what we're doing, that's 50 cents a day to support these nurses who have really, these nurses are very courageous that have stepped away, um, you know, and and are are making strides to try to create this uh, alternative system because there are no alternatives out there for people right now. If I got sick right now, I would just stay in my house and die. I would probably go to a hospital. I hate to say it like that. I would never go to a hospital. Absolutely. I'm done. I'm done. But so right now we don't have those alternatives. Um, So I think for $15 a month, you know, that is, again, if you're not going to use the services, it's still a wonderful way to support the ministry of what we're doing. And, um, you know, if you need need our services in the future, we're right there for you. And uh, the other thing that we do is it's not just, again, the vaccine injured, but we are also able to create and ship custom uh, care kits. So we do early treatment, we do COVID prevention, we do COVID long haulers and uh, vaccine injury. We have kits that we specify based on our consultation and we can also uh, ship ivermectin to all 50 states. So that's a a very big thing. I know people uh, that we can do it for treatment, but we can also do it for prevention. Yeah, I'm I'm big on, parasite treatment as well, which obviously ivermectin is a known anti-parasitic. Um, although I've been on a fenbendazole kick recently because it's more broad spectrum and we have chickens and ducks and dogs and, you know, I'm, I'm out slinging duck shit every day. So, you know, I, I'm, 
there's no way that we don't have parasites. If you go outside, if your animals go outside and you touch your animals, you have parasites. If you have a cat, you have parasites. Yeah, but hundreds of years ago, like we, this was a thing. This was a normal thing. People used to do worm. Not like twice a year, I believe it was. There was not anything uh, odd about it. And I don't know why we we stepped away and stopped doing that. So there's nothing because, weird about that, but you're right. There's all of that exposure. Why yeah. wouldn't we do it? And it's a very safe and effective medication as we found out, so. Yeah, oh yeah, because I mean, and most farmers still, and this is a kind of a little known fact, but I grew up riding horses as well. And every month when we dewormed our horses, we were like, and you know, we had the big ivermectin tube and our trainer would be like, make sure you save that last dollop at the end and take it yourself. And you know, we, we, had, we were like, okay. And not, we never got a cold. We never got a sniffle. And you know, we were, and we were always outside and active and whatnot. But I mean, our whole team, I can't remember any of us ever being sick in 10 years um, because we all took ivermectin every month and we just had no idea just, and I know farmers do that with their kids because for the same reason, but yeah, we stopped doing it because it, it's too healthy. It keeps people too healthy, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's no money in that. It's very cheap. It's a cheap drug. But this is, you know, that, and that was, again, when I started questioning everything, when, when they started demonizing this medication that has is safe, effective, we've been uh, safely using it in humans, you know, for three decades. And they started demonizing this and calling it a uh, horse dewormer. And I couldn't understand. I was like, well, which of what these scenarios is more frightening to you? Is it that um, they would be complicit in their silence or that they don't, these doctors don't know any better when they should, that this is a safe and effective medication safely used for decades. And, and that's the part that makes absolutely no sense. And those are the people I have absolutely no, no care in the world for, because yeah. uh, you know, you're a doctor, you know, you live by that mantra, do no harm. Exactly. How can you say, don't do this when you know that there's a benefit to it? Yeah, the, and I'm so grateful for the few, very few, unfortunately, doctors who are speaking out, you know, at great personal sacrifice to themselves, like Dr. McCullough, uh, Dr. Marek, Dr. Ursula, all of these amazing physicians that have stepped forward um, to speak out and, and try to really, uh, you know, speak up for humanity. Unfortunately, they, you know, they, they make it so difficult. They, these doctors, they spend a lot of time, they invest time and they invest money hundreds of thousands of dollars and then you know you they have this carrot over that that they're hanging over their head that they're going to take their license away they're not going to be able to um practice medicine any longer they're not going to be able to pay off their hundreds of thousands of dollars in student loans and unfortunately i mean i don't know how they do it because i mean i have loans too i have certainly didn't have the financial provisions to do what i did but i stepped away because i cannot even imagine the alternative you know, I mean, it wasn't an easy choice to make, but it was a clear choice. Yeah. It was very clear. And the, and the way medicine, the way they teach medicine today and the way that you have to spend a quarter of a million dollars just to send, not even, you've spent half a million dollars nowadays just for medical school. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Just in and out of itself is ridiculous. And they spend one day on nutrition. Yeah. <sighs> Exactly. They somebody recently told me that they were going to be talking with their doctor about a wellness plan, and I just laughed. I was like, "Why would you go see a doctor about wellness? <laughs> they know nothing about wellness." I just couldn't stop laughing. One day, person, you're right. It's really weird because in the military, you would have to go see a wellness doctor uh, once a month. It was like required. 
and this doctor was a nurse every freaking time I went. Yes. Oh, doctor, I'm a nurse. <laughs> Why did they say I have to go see the wellness doctor? Because the wellness doctor is a position and yeah. we're nurses. And, you know, maybe if it's a functional medicine provider, maybe. But if it's like your uh, regular allopathic MD, no, they don't know anything about nutrition or wellness or any of that. And it's, you know, they really have us brainwashed, though, as a society to believe that the prescription pad is the best and only way. And that's just simply not true. Um, so we've got to move away. But I, somebody was mentioning the other day to me about how they should make medical school free. I said, they're never going to do that because that's the day that they don't have control any longer because they don't have all of these hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of loans to hold over their head. They put them in this position that it, it seems like they can't get out of it. And um, that's how they ensure compliance. Well, no, 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 you're wrong. They, they know exactly the route out, but the route out involves big pharma because look at it this way. These doctors, if you're like, let's say a halfway decent surgeon, and let's just say you go and you do some miracle surgery and save somebody's life, and all of a sudden your case gets broadcast, big pharma comes knocking. And what they do is they say, hey, look, we'll take care of your student loans. But you got to help us out. Yeah. And we'll give all you a, of a we'll sudden, you, we'll even give you a place on our board. Boom. Yeah. Loans are gone. And now he's got a place on the big pharma board. And now he's got to push big pharma drugs. And that's how or doctors get bought. Manipulate data for whatever farm, you know, big pharma testing or you know, pretend testing they're putting out for whichever drug they're pushing, which, you know, 25%. Um, I think 25% of FDA products are are pulled from the market within five years, something like that. Um, big pharma's up there. You know, they are they're they are legitimately the largest criminal organization. Um, they have paid the most no, in criminal fines. They're the largest lobbyist organization well, out there. Well, that's true. Because more think about who they lobby. They lobby senators. They lobby congressmen. They lobby doctors. They lobby administration staff. They lobby everybody to push their drugs. And it makes you wonder, like, how are these things even legal? Like, incentivized healthcare. I couldn't believe that we had, we were using this remdesivir, right? That's this extremely expensive medication that again, we've going back to the Ebola trials, it killed 50, I think it was 53 or 54% of the study participants. I mean, if I had told you that and said, hey, do you want this drug? It's killed more than half of the study participants in the last study, but do you want this? I'm sure you would have refused, right? But, you know, we're using this medication. We knew it was harmful and we're continuing to use it. But why the bigger question is why is the government financially incentivizing its use? And if that doesn't start, you know, making you ask questions, I don't know what will. How is this legal that we're allowing um, incentives, like I think it was $39,000, maybe more, to put a patient on a ventilator? They all of a sudden started pushing for early ventilation. Yep. Early intubation. I was like, what are you doing? We all know that when you put a patient on a ventilator, there's an 80% chance that they are not coming off of it. So I couldn't understand early on why were we doing this? I'm like, no, early treatment, not early intubation. But this is what we were seeing over and over. Intubation, understand folks, intubation is not a treatment. 
it in and out of itself is a very dangerous process. And yeah. often they're using, they're doing it by trach, by tracheotomy, because they can only keep the cannulas in the nose down the nasal passages for so long. Well, no, no, normally it goes through the throat. Normally you go through the neck. But you yeah. can only keep that in for so long before you have to remove that and start another way. You you can't keep it in there indefinitely. It's it's not something that can be done. Yeah. And, and that's when I, again, I, I started saying, this just doesn't make any sense. This flies in the face of everything that we know and everything that we've always done. And I just, I couldn't understand. It was like as if somebody just came in and flipped a switch and we had this entire new set of rules and nobody was asking any questions. But fear is such a huge proponent of all of this. And that's the problem is like people, they have people so afraid. And, you know, even myself in the very, very beginning, I mean, it's probably only like a three day thing, but I, I was like, oh gosh, this is, this is scary. I knew I would be okay. But my husband at the time, I knew he was not in the best of health. I knew that if I brought something home to him, he likely would not survive it. So I started living in a camper. I lived in a camper for a couple of weeks and then I was like, this is ridiculous. I'm not doing this. But they started talking about, you know, how um, the, this was uh, the asymptomatic transmission. That's not a thing. No, no, not a thing. And that was like, okay, this yeah, is a not a thing. No, and, not and wearing wearing it wearing like what amounts to a thong on your face. I mean, I, I literally, when I was absolutely forced to wear a mask, um, if I had to go to like a meeting or something when I was working before I told them to pound sand because they were, I, I realized they were actual Nazis. Um, so, uh, yeah, I kind of did the same thing that you did, but, um, I was like, no, I'm not getting the jab and I'm not paying $150 a week out of pocket so they can stick a swab covered in polyethylene glycol all the way up to my brainstem. No, thank you. Um, so, uh, <laughs> it doesn't prevent transmission. Yeah. So anything, I mean, anything else is just blatant discrimination at that point. If you're treating your employees any differently because they're unvaccinated, this shot does not prevent transmission. And the CDC finally came around. So we've been saying that forever. I, I take a lot of pride. We have been saying that at Nurse Freedom Network for like at least a year. This shot does not prevent transmission. And the CDC finally coming around and admitting to the, that fact. So um, we'll, we'll take we'll take all the kudos on that one. <laughs> we've been saying that for quite some time. Small wins right now. All you can yeah. Hey, wherever you can get it, because the more and more I hear, it's really funny because uh, here within the last week, you know, all my normal podcasts aren't on. So I, I, I listen to a bunch of news during the day and they're not on. So I've been listening to terrestrial radio. Every other freaking commercial is Matthew either Pfizer. Pfizer, exactly. commercial or a Moderna commercial saying how you should get your jab. If you already have your jab, you got to get your boosters and you should be boosted. Yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely, it's sickening. I can't stand it. But hey, if you're looking for things to listen to, you do know we have a new show, right? Nurses Out Loud. So I, I'm uh, hosting that uh, it's a talk radio show. I host that every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central. Ooh. And we've got... Uh, a different nurse, nurse host every day. So definitely tune into that. You'll get some amazing perspectives. Um, so that's myself, Jody O'Malley, if you're familiar with Jody O'Malley. Yeah, we had, we had, um, actually, we, we had Jody on once, but the audio was really screwed up. And um, I got to get her back because we, ne we never released that. That's like one of our... our oh, definitely get her back. Yeah, she's, she's yeah, made, she brought all of us nurses together. We've got this, uh, there's six of us. And the, in five days is uh, one where we have two nurses together, they were actually, um, they sued the, the 
college, their nursing college, their nursing school uh, against the vaccine mandates, and they won in federal court. So many people don't realize precedent has been set, but they uh, host one day. I host one, Jody, Nurse Michelle from Instagram hosts, and uh, Nurse April, who um, designed human body simulators to teach people about disease processes. So amazing nurses. You guys, you yeah. guys should get deplorable Janet to host one day because she's a former nurse as well. Yeah. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. She, well, I'll have her on my show. Absolutely. She hosts Deplorable Nation. Yeah, she was, uh, she actually, um, we call her the mama bear of <laughs> all most podcasters um, because everybody can trace their shows back to deplorable Janet. But she she used to be a, a specifically a vaccine nurse well before the COVID vaccines. But then she's because she was like, oh, and she was a teaching nurse and and whatnot. But um, then she's like, well, if I'm if I'm administering vaccines, I want to know what's in them. So she started doing some research and she started looking at, you know, the epithet sheets and at lists. And she was like, whoa, whoa, there's aluminum and formaldehyde and like heavy metals and heavy detergents in these things that we're putting into infants uh, never mind the dna so if you're injecting a, f a female baby with male dna or a male baby with female dna over and over again what are you what are you doing to them mm -hmm. um you know that that that's all there's all kinds of rabbit holes going down there so. exactly yeah i notice myself keep going i keep going down different one I'm like oh i need to not do this they have to stay yeah. focused on it. yeah there's so many different ways you can go because literally once your eyes have been opened you cannot unsee the things that you that you've seen and once you start actually doing the research it's amazing what you find out and all the ways that your eyes are open to what's been going on for who knows how long what, what's your organization again? So um, it's Nurse Freedom Network. And then um, that's our 501c3. We have a nonprofit. And then alongside of that is Nurse Freedom Network Ministries. And under that is Remnant Nursing. So if uh, you want to find us on the web, it's nursefreedomnetwork.org. And then we have remnantnursing.org. That's our PMA, our private membership association. Alrighty. And I'll put both, I'll put all those links in the Substack that, that'll come out tonight. So. And then just so you had mentioned earlier that you're a firefighter, uh, first responder, and that's something that we're, we're focused on because that is very close to my heart. I have um, just had it on my heart to really try to help first responders in, in all of this. So we've actually designed a wellness program that is specifically tailored to the occupational exposures of first responders. Um, so that's something that we do as well. And we have um, deeply discounted services for our firefighters, police, EMT. So absolutely, um, we want to be able to help help them, especially if they've, I know so many of them were forced to get this jab and are suffering for it. Um, and we do have, like I said, options and protocols that are working. So we want to be able to help them. We pr provide them with deeply discounted services. Actually, a lot of the firefighters, I got to be honest, this is, <clears throat> I never thought I'd ever hear this, but, uh, or I never thought I'd ever really say it. A lot of the firefighters, the old school guys, um, the guys my age and below, or a little bit of below and much above, they were the ones that did not get the jabs at all. They no, said, no. no, you're not sticking me with that crap. I have no idea what that is. <laughs> and thank God, because those are the guys walking I'm, around right now saying, I told you so. But at the same time, there were so many of them that in mass, they were like, what are you going to do? Fire us all? And their companies had no choice. They're okay. Well, or you know, it, we're going to leave it up to you. It'll, it'll be the decision between you and your doctor, and we're not going to mandate it because they couldn't mandate it because you they know, knew. like he, I mean, quit. yeah, he went 
um, you and and uh, two a lieutenant and another firefighter went and they're like, okay, we represent ninety percent of the firefighters here. They're not getting the jab. Yeah, and that's what we have to do. We have the numbers. We have all of the numbers and all of the power to stop this, but people lack the courage. And that's why I want to keep speaking out and I want others to keep speaking out. This is what needs to happen because again, we have the numbers to, to stop all of this. People just need to be willing and they might have to be uncomfortable and they're that's gonna have they're gonna have to learn how to be okay with that. Well, and and that's you know, you fear. Fear is the real virus, and they they Absolutely. use fear to keep people cowed and submissive because no, you're going to die. Grandma's going to die. You're going to kill people. It's the blood is going to be on your hands. If you don't go get your 15th booster shot, um, if you haven't died already, you know, so. Well, well, not just that, but I mean, if you think about it, they, again, they still don't want to pick their heads out of the sand. They want it to negligently blame everybody else except for themselves for what has happened. Mm-hmm. They they can't accept for the fact that they accepted that the government went and injected something in their body that's going to kill them. Just like any other person with an addiction, you go through 12 step. The first step is admitting you have an addiction. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's like a religion now, like this, like the branch Covidians. I don't know. It's this the strangest thing I've ever seen. There's some kind of phenomenon around this. Like these people, it's like a cult with the with the jabs. I, I've never seen anything like it. And I mean, I can remember some of the nurses being um, really brutal towards people that chose not to vaccinate uh, prior, but I don't think I ever saw it to this extent, you know, where we were um, dem- like saying everybody should implicitly trust these jabs. But if you listen to, if you've ever listened to nurses, they will all tell you how broken this system is. Every nurse you talk to will talk about how broken the system is, how, you know, how many issues it has with no, you know, safe staffing and all of the nurses are underpaid. But then they want you to implicitly trust vaccines or whatever it is that is coming from this system that they have already admitted that they don't trust. They have no faith in it. But then they want to turn around and implicitly trust these jobs. I don't understand it. And and not only that, they'll they'll tell you how they've been forced time limits with patients. You have a forty-five minute timeline with this patient. Oh, and by the way, you have to get two hours worth of paperwork out of them in that forty-five minutes, which is absolutely ridiculous. Because if you talk to me, it takes you like three hours to get the amount of information they need out of me. Why? Because I don't give up that shit willingly. If you ask <laughs> me a question that's a yes or no question, I say yes. I don't expand upon it unless you ask me. If you don't ask me, then never ask me. Yeah. Well, there's so many things that they have nurses asking. They're really, they're not relevant. They're not relevant. And it's really invasive questions. I didn't like the questions that would ask them, unless it was a situation where I needed to ensure that the, the, you know, everybody in the home felt safe. I'm not asking you about how many guns you have in your home because it's not my damn business. How many guns you have in your home? That is your right. That is your absolute right to own firearms in this country. So I don't like the fact that as a nurse, they wanted me to ask those questions and I didn't, I just didn't do it. I didn't do it. I I, I love when they ask me the question, have you felt like hurting anybody today? Yeah, I feel like hurting you right now because I'm sitting here (laughs) answering these stupid fucking questions. (laughs) And all I want you to do is stop the pain that's in my body that you still haven't diagnosed in three months. So tell me what the pain is and then maybe we can talk. Yeah. And I'll tell you, be careful doing that because these, some, you know, I would probably laugh that off. Right. But some of your nurses will, will put a hold oh, on yeah, you. They'll yeah, put right. a play hold on you really quickly. So just be careful. 
No, trust. I don't actually say that. But, but I was like, don't even go to the hospital. I don't even recommend you going to the hospital. So there's that. We've spent the last year getting him off of, because of course, after his surgeries and he did 19 combat tours, something ridiculous like that. So, you know, significant PTSD and seizures and memory loss and pain and pain and pain. He's also had neck surgery. He's got discs in his neck. He's got blown discs in his back, all kinds of craziness. So he at one point was taking 24 poison pills a day, a day. And we've gotten him to where he's on, he's nothing. I mean, he doesn't take anything. And his blood pressure is better now than it ever was when he was on blood pressure medication. And his mood, barring last night, um, is better now than it has been in a very long time. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's amazing what happens when you change your entire lifestyle and you eat real food and, um, you know, you, you use the things that, God gave us to heal actual, you know, plants that I grow out of the ground and they work. Like I found this amazing herb called borage. I have, I have the worst car sickness. Like I, I have to drive with the windows open or I will throw up while I'm driving. Like that's how bad my motion sickness is. It doesn't matter what the temperature is or if it's raining, my car window has to be open. And we drove across country twice but I had been growing this herb called, called borage, and it's great for like insect bites and um, and but you can and the, you can eat the leaves as salad greens. It tastes like cucumbers. But if you um, if you like crush up the leaves and you you put them in just cold water and you just make a like a water out of it, borage water calms all your nausea. It's amazing. Um, it it has like twenty five different healing uses, and it's one of the most underutilized herbs around and i was like i need to grow fields of this shit this is great and these are the things that we need to we really need to change the mindset in this country like people don't eat to nourish their body we, you know people eat because they're you know they're hungry or whatever they they they're eat they're not eating with the goal of actually nourishing their body so we're um you know eating all of these processed foods that do nothing they have zero nutritional value um but they'll take away the hunger pain you know so that i mean our diets in this country are they're awful oh, and that's including nurses we are probably there's actually studies that have been done that shows that nurses are actually some of the un, most unhealthy population out there and there are multiple reasons behind that and that's the other reason that we want to go forward with these uh just really flipping the script walking away from this system that has not served us or our patients in so long we want to forge our own path creating this environment that we are all going to be able to thrive in nurses patients everybody is going to be able to thrive once we walk away and i you know i hate to say it this way well i don't hate to say it this way people don't like when i say it this way i think that system needs to burn to the ground it absolutely needs absolutely. to be. No, no, no. You're 100% correct. And the reason I say that is, uh, for instance, a friend of ours, and she's over here in another chat that you can't really see. She's up on the screen, but you can't see it because it's too blown away. Mm -hmm. She does another show. She did a whole bit this morning on a part, a bit that Fox News ran the other night on the news. And I watched that live, by the way, Liana. And um, I was just as disgusted when I heard it, but it was like a whole hit piece on Fox News about marijuana and the studies that they were bringing up. This is, by the way, this is what got me off the 24 different pills I was taking, yeah. the two handfuls of pills I was taking because a doctor in the VA said, hey, dude, have you ever tried marijuana? 
you probably should give it a shot because you can stop taking all this crap if you just start smoking dope. I was like, bullshit. Sure enough, I don't get high. We had like the strongest strain of marijuana. <laughs> Doesn't nope. Had no effect on me whatsoever. But I tell you what, I can move every single one of my joints and I have absolutely no pain in my body. None. Yeah, well, like it's my mom says to me all the time. She's like, I just, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just don't feel well. I'm like, well, it's no wonder you don't feel well because you're on like 30 different medications. And this is what we need to change. We've got to change that mindset, uh, getting everybody off of these medications that they they don't do. Here's the thing, like we've been telling people to be on these blood pressure medications and then we tell them, oh, but be careful. Don't eat grapefruit when you take your blood pressure medication because you, your uh, blood pressure could tank. The Why don't we just have, give them the damn grapefruit? The folic acid. Just give them the grapefruit. Well, no, the, the I mean, just give them the grapefruit. I don't understand. Exactly. Grapefruits have folic acid. That's yeah. what they produce. That's why they say don't eat a grapefruit if you take a blood pressure. I've been told that. I've been told that for fucking years. Yeah, don't and I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, why are we not asking the question? Why don't we just have them take the grapefruit? Doesn't that seem like a better option and a safer option? I, I don't. They, I, they I, had him on. I don't like. I don't had, like grapefruit. They had, they had I, I don't like right. grapefruit. That's a legit thing. I really don't. I don't like it. But it is all it is is folic acid. If you can increase your intake of folic elsewhere, just acid, take elsewhere, pregnancy vitamins. Just do that. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, there's so many different alternatives out there, but it's like they they keep on and these doctors are just I, I really have no respect for so many of them anymore. Even ones I thought that I. I respected and you know I thought we're more knowledgeable than they are it's like they're just taking the symptoms you might as well go to a kiosk in a computer at this point because all they do is take the symptoms that you give them and they put it in their little computer or they probably google them I don't even know and then they just give you a prescription and like this is what you need to take to get rid of this they're not getting to the root cause of what is wrong and they're not attempting to fix it they're just putting band-aids on everything and then when they do that, then you need a, a fix for all of the symptoms you come up with from the other prescription that they put you on. And it's, yeah. it's endless. It's endless. That, that's so the biggest point. They, I was taking four drugs it. that was actually doing something for me. And all the other drugs I was taking were for the side effects of the four drugs I was taking in combination yeah. with each other. Yeah. They had him on anti-seizure medication, anti-psychotic medication. Um, so Neurontin and then um, Gavinep, uh, Gavapentin. Yeah, Gavapentin. Gavapentin is Neurontin. That's the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gavapentin. Oh, yeah, right. It was Neurontin. Yeah. Gav, or, no, yeah. it was Gavapentin. Um, it was Penis something and then it was three others. Anyway, but and then those... they had him on blood pressure medication and then they had him on Adderall because so many of the other medications they had would put him to sleep. Um, so they gave him Adderall, but they were like, well, be careful with the blood pressure medication with the Adderall, but you have to take no. them anyway. Like, are, are you are you kidding me And then me I right had like now? three other medications to combat the other and medication side effects. A lifetime supply of Oxyco Oxycontin. No, it was uh, morphine. It was MS cotton. MS cotton, yeah. And, and that's what we're really, again, we're trying to focus on uh, getting to the root cause of what's happening with these patients and getting them uh, healthy and well using food as, you know, nutrition is, will heal you. And if we give our bodies all of these tools that it needs, it will heal itself. It will. If we have to give it all of and make the, the environment uh, appropriate, then the body can do miraculous things. We are designed miraculously well. And yeah. there's no need to continue um, poisoning ourselves. We cannot poison ourselves back to health. It's absolute absurdity.
Well, it, and that's that's the problem. And nobody gets that. You, you have to sit there and ask questions. Yeah. Remember, when every system in the body starts to go, they have a new drug that they come up with for that system. So, for instance, think about we've already we're already at liver pills. People are taking pills for their livers now. That's after that, you're done. There's nothing after that. Actually, I think the best advice I heard someone said um, when you're when you're basically interviewing your doctor because you should be interviewing your doctor before you take a new doctor. Um, they work for you. Interview your doctor. Ask them how often do they poop. If they poop less often than you, do not hire them as your doctor. That's great. I love that. I love that. But, you know, you're so right. And I, I think that people really need to understand. Like, I've seen it happen too many times where doctors and nurses, um, you know, don't have to let a doctor or nurse belittle you for wanting to be an active participant in your own health. You, we, our, our health is our responsibility. It is our own responsibility. And people need to start taking accountability for that. We are here to be guides. We are not here to dictate your health. We're here to guide you on that journey, but don't, so don't ever let a nurse or doctor uh, make you feel like you're less than for asking questions or wanting to be a, an active participant. Nobody knows your body like you do. Exactly. Dierkin said, see how interviewing a doctor works out for you. Very few will tolerate that shit. Absolutely. Those are the doctors. I answer any of the questions. Yeah. If they, if they won't tolerate it, then I don't want them treating me, period. That's a great way to weed them out. That's something else we're, we're working on too is you know we, we know that as nurse, we can't care for everybody there are going to be times when people are going to need a physician of some kind so what we're doing is we have a uh, referral we're setting up a referral database as well so you know we've been around for about a year and a half to two years now at nurse freedom network and people reach out to me all the time looking for advice on who can i go see you know we vet everybody that comes in as far as nurses or providers everybody's vetted so everybody we know respects bodily autonomy informed consent and they are getting to the root cause of what is wrong with people or, or we're not sending anybody we we got a couple doctors for you right off the bat dr sherwood uh, uh he is probably he, he the doctor sherwood um yes, michelle is an allopathic doctor and he is a naturopathic doctor but she's she's a good allopathic doctor she actually understands nutrition and health and they run the function the functional medical clinic in tulsa mm -hmm. um and then uh, dr saeed hassan he's at mygotodoc.com he's fantastic as well uh he is both an allopathic doctor and a naturopathic doctor because he didn't like what they were trying to push on things and kind of the in, same in thing regular you're saying. medical school so he yeah. went to be a, a, a naturopathic mm -hmm. doctor as well um yeah there's there's and a bunch. then uh, the doctor we just interviewed dr, dr. eric naputi yes. dr joe uh, well dr joe dr. joe's a toxicologist actually um yeah dr eric naputi i'm sure you're familiar with him um and i mean there's yeah there's there's there, been a bunch, there's just so. a bunch that we have out dr. there that is uh dr brett barker he's actually a nurse md he's not a medical doctor he's an, a nurse um nurse yeah a nurse doctor like he's got it he's got a doctorate in nursing oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, he's fantastic too. So yeah, anyway, so we we've been looking for for good healers. I don't like to call them doctors. I don't like doctors. I think they're quacks generally. Yeah. <laughs> I'm right there with you now. I'm like, wow, I, mean, I can't believe all of the things that you know we try. In being allopathically trained as a nurse, I had to turn around and then go um, take 
a course in functional medicine for nurses specifically because I had to learn how to nurse in from a different perspective, that root cause approach and really digging in and getting to um, the root cause of what is going on. So that's true for many of the nurses that we have coming on. And, and we have really a unique platform um, and opportunity. We're doing micro franchising. We're allowing these nurses to come in and we actually have a course uh, and this functional medicine for nurses that we have these nurses go through in order to be a remnant care nursing provider, because we don't want a recreation of the same broken system that we have. We have to change the mindset. And, and that is the most important part. And yeah. one of the biggest things, like I, I, I just, have you seen the video, uh, the one of the, uh, the nurse, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the, the movie, but it was uh, the one about opioids about the opioid epidemic dope sick it, dope sick it I'm just not that, but i want to see that so yes my brother called me one day he goes hey have you seen this movie this is ridiculous did you see any of this when you were in the military i was like hey who recommended you see this movie because my wife i was like wait a minute hold on a second so she's willing to admit that they were trying to kill us with opioids Yet she will not admit that they're trying to do the same thing to us with a jab. And he's like, don't even get started, and it's dude. The same don't even company. get started. I was like, it's the same. It's the yeah. same company. Exactly. You know, and I've been saying, you know, I lost so many um, friends, you know, to when OCs started really uh, coming on the scene. Um, yeah, I'm 45. And so I can remember like 20 years ago or so, you know, they started unfortunately just dropping like flies that would get them addicted to these pain medications. And then they would move on to the cheaper high to the heroin to the meth, whatever. And we lost so many um, of our friends and family, unfortunately, to to addiction. Um, and it's and it's a very real thing. And if anybody thinks that that was not intentional, it was absolutely by design. It's all by design. First time I was wounded, I had shrapnel that went through my forearm, my butt, my legs, uh, the side of my chest, and my ankles. I had burns on the top part of my thighs and all the way down my left forearm. They gave me, when I left the hospital, six extra full medicine bottles of 180-day supply of Oxycontin when I left the hospital. And they said, hey, this is for pain. It didn't say how much to take. They just said, hey, this is for pain. I think I took about four days of those. And I was so effed. I I was so fucked up. I was like, screw it. I'm not touching those. I threw them away. I was like, that is not good for you. I don't know what it is about that, but I don't like that. I don't like the feeling. I don't like the way I feel. Uh, Paradogum, uh, the name of that movie was Dope Sick. And it was. Fan- I, think it's on, I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, it's on Netflix. Yeah. It was actually fantastic. Yeah, dope. Sick. Have you seen Died Suddenly as well? I did. I did start to. That, I mean, and nothing I didn't already know because you know I've been so deep into this fight anyway. But um, I tried, to, you know, sharing this with other people, and they just won't open their eyes to what's happening. But I mean, how can we ignore this any longer? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, and you know, it's funny because everyone's attacking Stu Peters for it, which. I mean, I understand, you know, it's a big drama production, but sometimes that's what you need to get through to people. They're they're nitpicking at the little details. Well, this person that you put on, um, he, he died in 2019 or this person that had a heart attack didn't actually die. Like that video was, it was, well, you know what? Sometimes when you're doing it, 
with a, a skeleton crew kind of by yourself, essentially. I mean, he's got more production people than we do, but you know, regardless, um, Remember that, Jeff. He, he's not, uh, he's certainly not the, you know, the ABC producer that put together the January 6th movie. So, um, and that was all lies too. So <laughs> Stu Peter did better than him. Uh, but that drama is what I think what you need to get through to people because otherwise they just, Oh, it's just another boring documentary. Yeah. You know, well, yeah, that element of sensationalism for people to actually pay attention to it. Um, but in my hope is that people will start waking up because again, there, and I, I cannot stress this enough. There are solutions out there. So if you've been jabbed once, twice, however many times, you know, please reach out to us. We're happy to uh, help guide people along on these detoxes and get them, um, uh, you know, get them where they need to be to get this spike protein out of the body. Yes. And, and we're going to post it in the uh, Substack, so you can ch check it out there. You can click right on it. It'll bring you right to her page. You'll be able to find all the information out you need. Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the Substack as well, Kim, so that you can, you know, and it'll have the, um, there'll be two. There'll be one with um, just the video, just us, and then there'll be one with like the clips from the rest of the show as well. So you can, you know. Spread Send that out. out however however you like. So excellent. Well, thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed it. Uh, it's been a great conversation, and yes. appreciate all of your support. We well, appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for your courage. You sound like New York. I have to say, I'm Boston, Boston. I've just left New York City though, so that you might be hearing a little bit of that. But I'm from Boston. All right, I'm in Tennessee now, but Boston originally. So bad of me. We're we're New York, Connecticut, myself. Oh, okay. So, uh, but we're in Georgia now. Go because, Yankees! Yeah, sorry, we, we left the great. Oh time. no, I, I really like this conversation right up to that point. <laughs> Damn, I hate when that happens. <laughs> but you know, it 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 really it shocks me that more New Englanders aren't standing up because oh, like, they're exactly. always the ones like, you know, fuck you, what are you all do doing? <laughs> having this conversation in New York. I was like, I can't believe the New Yorkers are not like, you know, For real. losing their minds. I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand yeah. how, I don't understand how the crunchy granola moms are the ones like, basically advertising for the jab yeah. like what happened you didn't want to put any poison in your system but now you're like oh sign me up give me more poison yeah. i don't understand people so thank you for your courage thank you for standing thank up you. thank you for you know being an example for more people because that's that's what it takes you know especially that's, for the nursing community it really is it reminds me our son's eighth grade graduation two years ago in the midst of covid when everyone was wearing a mask and they were doing pictures mm -hmm. and we're kind of at the end of the alphabet and he was the first kid to go up without wearing a mask. He's like, I'm not taking my eighth grade picture with a mask on. Are you crazy? And then all the other kids behind him took their masks off for the picture, but no one before him did. It just takes one person to stand up and show a little courage and inspire the rest of the sheeple. So thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> all right. We'll talk to you soon. Thank okay. you. All right. Bye. Bye. All right, folks. Fantastic. There you go. Excellent. I like it. So nursefreedomnetwork.org. Um, go We're check it out. They're the doing remnant, remnant nursing as well, which is in why the substack. Nursing. Yeah. And the remnant nursing, it sounds like I'm telling you, all it is is just another avenue. There's somebody else you can talk to. So if you don't like the first opinion you get, you can go to somebody else and you can talk to them and see if you get the same opinion. And hey, for 15 bucks a month, that's, that ain't bad. That's really not bad. For healthcare, yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, we honestly, when you go to your primary care physician, you have to pay between 35 and $50 just to get in the door as your copay. I mean, 
And they're all nurse practitioners too. And half the time they want to do virtual visits now because they're scared of you coming into the office. Every The last two times I've been in there, I've sat in front of a screen, except for the emergency room. When we went to the emergency room, when I thought I broke my hand, yeah. that was the only time that I... And then no one wore a mask. The doctor didn't wear a mask. Yeah. None of the nurses wore a mask. We're like, we're coming back to this hospital from now on. The only person that was wearing a mask was the intake uh, chick that was mm-hmm. doing the computer crap. Yep. But... Yep. Anyway. And it's so funny too, because I have so taken on your role. How's that? I, I don't get angry anymore. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm past anger now. I'm, I'm, I'm a, me and Liana, I think are at the same level. I, I done said, fuck it. it. It's over. I'm just waiting for the, the bongs to start. Once they start hitting the, the alarm, <laughs> I'm out the door. I'll be packed, racked and ready to go. And mm-hmm. people are dying at that point. But I'm to the point now where I just ask people, I I look them dead in the eye and all these, and and down here in the South, you all know, and I'm not banging on them. I'm not bagging on anybody, but you know how there's so many Baptists down here in the South that are so holy. And I respect that. They don't believe the same way I do, but we both believe in God. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we both believe in God and I can respect that. But I ask them every time I see them, I look at them, ask them the same question that she asks. Why are you so scared? What are you afraid of? What in the Bible tells you to be scared? And I, when you ask people with that serious face, it is so funny to watch the reaction because you can see the reaction under their mask. Yeah. Uh-huh. They blanch. What? What What did you What did you say? Yeah. What are you uh, so scared of? I, I'm not scared. Why are you afraid? That that thing over your mouth that tells me something completely different. You know, one of, one of the funniest things I think I've seen in a while. A buddy of mine sent me this video, and I got to get it. I got to put it up here. It was this huge, gigantic black dude. Dude's fucking giant, just huge. He's fucking gigantic. He walked into a room full of fucking Marines wearing a mask. And all the Marines turned their back on him. And he fucking called them all to attention, threatened to smoke them, and nobody would turn around. And he finally asked him, he goes, okay, what, what's the deal? What the fuck's going on? And they turned around and they said, what are you scared of? Okay. All in one voice. We're your brothers. What are you scared of? And... The video ends, unfortunately. Who knows how that ended? Uh, I can only guess. Mm. It never ends well if the guy outranks all of you. You're all kind of fucked. (laughs) But you may have scored a dent in the old dome that said, hey, maybe I shouldn't be scared. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe what our problem is in this country, we've become addicted to fear. Maybe everybody has become addicted. Think about everything you watch. You know, CJ brought it up the other night and I had to go back and watch or JC brought it up the other night Mm -hmm. and I had to go back and watch it because he brought up the whole thing about, because one of the few things I agree with my father-in-law on is Trans-Siberian Orchestra. One of my favorite shows we've ever seen. I was like, that is a great show. And 
Which, you have to see the Ghost of Christmas Eve. You can't see the Ghost of Christmas Past. Different show. Which we saw the best meme that said, there's no way the entire Siberian orchestra can be trans. <laughs> which is really funny. <laughs> but right. I had to go back and watch it after he said that the kids looked drugged, that it was child trafficking. I disagree. I, I think the kids are shocked at what adults are doing. I, I think that's what they were trying to depict. Like... How the fuck could you guys fuck this world up this bad? That's what I thought they were trying to convey the message they were trying to convey. I could be wrong, but I didn't see a sex trafficking plot in there. Not with a cat, not with a little girl running around at night when she pulled out all sorts of things that showed peace, but in the background, all you saw was war. And I, I, I was I, I was confused because I've, I've watched it a couple times now. I saw it again this morning when Liana played it. I, I didn't see it. And I watched the whole the whole show. I watched the whole We've watched hour and a half so show. Many times I can't even. And I, I don't see that. I I don't disagree with you. I'm sure you saw something that maybe I didn't. I. I'm just saying I didn't see it, but that's like what the type of shit I do. That's what doctors should be doing for you. That's what nurses should be doing for you. Like you say something that puzzles me as a garage door tech. I'm going to go out there and fuck with your garage door until it happens. But if I can't make it happen in front of me, I was talking about the singing YouTube video, not the show. Okay. I got to go back and check that. Then. Okay. That is a different one. Yeah. That is one I might have to go back and check. I did not see that one. Uh, I watch the show all the time. The I, I love you. Satan one. Hmm? Didn't you see the one, the kids, um, uh, that they wind up and it spelled out. Yeah. But that wasn't TSO letters. though. No, it wasn't. That was the other group. That was the one I don't like. Mannheim steamroller. Mannheim steamroller. Mm -hmm. Those are the guys I don't like. I've never liked them. I mean, yeah. they have a unique sound, but it sounds very cliche to all the rest. As our son said, it's the same song with different notes over and over again. Exactly. <laughs> with a different, not notes, just a different rhythm. Yeah. He was, he yeah. just, they just changed up the rhythm. He it's not, I'm not trying to be a dick to anybody. I just, I gotcha. I, I, I just Excellent. didn't see it. That's all. Um, but first tribute time. Yes. Cause we got to do that first. That's Hold on. I gotta, I gotta, well, then you got to repack it, I repack do. it and talk about something else for now. Oh, you know what we can talk about? Boom. So oh, you, got, yes. you guys this remember, awesome. you guys remember my buddy, Dave, uh, he came down, he spoke for a bit. He was going down to the, uh, Wounded warrior, warrior games. games. Um, anyway, I got a Christmas card from him today, which I thought was fucking hysterical, but in it, there was a note. And I was like, first of all, this is unlike Dave. This is completely unlike Dave. Dave would never send a fucking letter Dave's like this. Dave's new wife wrote that, not Dave. Unless this is a joke. Okay? And then I read it. And I'm going to read it to you all so you guys can get the same laugh that I got. And, and let us know if you think it's real or if you think it's a joke. Because, I mean, I know we know you don't know Dave, but it's really fucking funny. 
Season's greetings, love and joy to all our family and friends. What a year. It seems like we only just turned the calendar to 2022 and it's already December. So much has happened and we've had so many wonderful opportunities. As a family, we were able to perform an invaluable service to the community when we saw a half inch of snow that hit us in January. Since we were the only household in the country that knew how to maneuver outside in temperatures at or below freezing, we spent an entire weekend helping other people with many outdoor activities, including thawing out their dogs and rescuing husbands who were stranded at the end of their driveways. February was an exciting month. Kelly started volunteering with Puskins Playhouse, a volunteer organization that performs men mainly vulnerable-style shows, and residents uh, of the Miss Moppet Manor, uh, a home for cats struggling with obesity and diabetes. <laughs> the cats have so far given tepid reviews, but, but the young volunteers appreciate the chance to hone their skills in acting while giving back. March brought a renewed opportunities as Dave's probation was f- officially over. He was banned from all middle school baseball games for two years, stemming from a disagreement between him and an umpire in March of 2020. He is now able to return to his voluntary coaching duties with a school system that he now lives in. We received good news in April. Carlos had officially completed the quarter order community service hours, allowing him to graduate from middle school. The athletic staff urged him to stay in middle school for one more year, but they were conjured up the decision that they realized that they didn't have uniforms big enough for him. As a family were invited back to church services in May, the new pastor asked the deacons to be moved this past, since the past incident last year on Mother's Day uh, brunch involving Emily and an allegedly spiked rainbow sherbet punch. We are so blessed. We were so fortunate this summer. Emily kicked off the summer break with a little vacation in June after she fell off a ladder at work, spraining her armpits, receiving five stitches in her scalp, and giving her six weeks away from school and the fire department to relax with some home quality time with the family. We spent a quiet July celebrating milestones with the kids. Carlos reached his 15th birthday while Kelly enjoyed the end of her unofficial band from Target. <laughs> The manager of the Raleigh store uh, reconsidered the chain's decision in the aftermath of Kelly's fist fight with a middle-aged woman over a DVD of Jersey Girls. She lives in a philosophy of live, laugh, and love. With the start of the new school year in North Carolina, Emily was blessed with nine students this August. It was a real joy, and almost half of them are toilet trained. <laughs> With the start of Carlos's school year in September, he got his first introduction to high school athletics. After a first practice and subsequent assault charges, the football coach, athletic director, also suggested he might be better suited, not so suited for team stores. So they suggested bare knuckle boxing. Fortunately, Dave and many of his friends are volunteered to train him as a cage fighter instead. In October, new opportunities came along for Emily. She went to school to earn her commercials driver's license. And once the statute of limitation runs out, she can pass her background check. She'll be licensed to drive vehicles with air brakes. <laughs> November saw the end of uh, another one of our projects. Since September, we hosted a foreign exchange student through the school year. Our guest, Valor, hails from the foreign land of San Francisco, California. <laughs> We are able to introduce him to the great Southern traditions of eating meat, wearing camouflage, and using a turn signal. He, in turn, introduced us some of us uh, some of his local customs, such as shopping bags and eating artichoke cards. 
As our year draws to a close in December, we are thankful for the blessings we've received for this year. We look forward to the opportunities we'll embrace in the new year. This coming year, Dave will be representing our county and a part of the Cape Fear River Nuggets Cornhole Team. We're just days away from the announcement of the Southeastern Conference for the National Cornhole League on next year's competition of tournaments. Sending all our hopes and holiday memory New Year. So the reason we think this is fake is because Dave... when Dave went through basic training, the only class he was concerned with was throwing grenades because he almost failed in grenades. <laughs> so I know the motherfucker can't throw a hornhole cornhole bag <laughs> to save his fucking life. <laughs> so Dave was never the guy we tossed our grenades to. Dave was the guy we grabbed the grenades from. Said no. <laughs> no, nah, bear. No grenades for you, Dave. It's not allowed. You're gonna you're gonna blow off your fingers, and your wife's gonna be opening your ketchup bottles for the rest of your life. <laughs> Probably picking your dick up off the ground too. But who, who's saying about that? Oh, okay. Lynn. A little bit of laughter there. Linz, you're right. All the Aquanet in the '80s totally killed the ozone layer, and that's why climate change is fake and gay. <laughs> Well put. <laughs> Bringing back a throwback. Aquanet. My mom used to get that shit by the case. We used to take it outside and light the shit on fire with it. Dude, that shit burns awesome. It really does. It's a great way to kill spiders. I wish we could still find Aquanet just for the spider killing possibilities. <sighs> Probably burn the house down <laughs> Because, first of all, the other reason I know this is fake, A, Carlos was... Is his, I, I know it's his kid's name, but he's not a probation. A. B. He's like a straight A student. It said Dave was on probation, not Carlos. No, no. Carlos was officially completed the court ordered community service hours. Okay. He's not on probation for anything. So I know that's mm -hmm. all bullshit. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of those fake letters where you just put in the names just to show. It's every, like an AI written letter. Yeah. Just to show like, no, it's like one of those where you fill in names like. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You remember those old little books you used to yeah, go yeah, in yeah. and like, yeah, you get a put Christmas a noun, book. put yeah, a verb. You get a Christmas book na made for. And we used to say shit. Yeah. We put shit and fuck, and yeah. it'd be really funny. Tell yeah, you a funny yeah, yeah. story. That's what that is. Mm. Mad libs. Yes, Mad it's libs. Mad libs. <laughs> Dave sent a Mad Lib Christmas letter. But I think it was like in that's amazing. In like honor of like all the people, like my parents. They used to send this huge letter. They about really did. The what happened family. the whole year? Like for the everybody. whole family. I stopped. Th well, they stopped talking to us. So, well, they still talk to you. They still talk to us. Okay. They just don't call you individually. Like your mom and dad don't call me individually. Okay. Except my, for every random blue moon. My parents totally call you all the time and we live 30 minutes away. The last time your parents came down was when our youngest son was born. I'm just saying. That was only my mom. Exactly. And that was only your mom. How often my have they gone to Michigan, which is the same distance? I don't argue that. <laughs> exactly. They, 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 yeah, yeah. I know. I got you. They love us less. I get you. I got you. <laughs> Who cares? I know. Who really cares? <sighs> Too funny. Okay. Anyway, um, this is coming out of the UK. 
I'm a professor of oncology at St George's, a consultant medical oncologist, and I have started to notice that several of my patients have melanoma who've been stable, stage four disease, they've had very good immunotherapy or other treatments, and I've been reviewing them from five to 20 years. I've noticed that I have now over six, possibly seven, even an eighth yesterday, who've clearly relapsed following the booster vaccine. At first, we didn't uh, put the two together. But when patients said, I felt awful since the vaccine, I've just been drained, they described symptoms of like a long COVID. And the next thing we know, two, three weeks, couple of months later, they've got clear evidence of relapse. And these relapses are quite aggressive. They're not a gentle relapse. They're relapses that are requiring systemic therapy. Ding dong, motherfucker! Ding down. That that that's it. I I talked about this a year and a half ago. That's death. That's hey, we just injected you with a shot that causes death. That's what he's talking about right there. Mm-hmm. How do you get a disease? How do you inject somebody with something? Okay, think about this. He's an oncologist. Okay, so he's seeing what cancer does. He's seeing what the treatments for cancer does to the human body under a microscope. He knows a cancer diagnosis is death, not because of cancer, but because of the treatment you go through for cancer. Tell me something. It's a derivative of mustard gas. Tell me something. I, I got a serious question for a lot of people. This is where I lose my ever living fucking mind. When you look at cancer patients, right? You look at the day before they were diagnosed. And you look at the weeks following diagnosis, when they're told, watch their health. Oh, it, it's, it deteriorates so fast. My uncle died in what, three months? Three months. He was, from his diagnosis, if he had never gone and seen a doctor, gotten the diagnosis, and never took an ounce of the fucking shit that makes your body glow... In his system. And he was so swollen at the end. He was so inflamed at the end. You couldn't even recognize him. And they put him on a fucking ventilator. I bet he would have lived. I bet he would have lived for at least another eight, nine, 10 months. Hey, if he, if he'd eaten some of those, uh, you know, apricot seeds and taken some fenbendazole and some CBD, he'd probably still be alive today. This is all. That's all. he's, He's seen it all. He knows what happens with your body. He's watched organs shut down. He's watched mass organ shut down. When mass organ shuts down, you can't stop it. It's a, uh, uh, what do they call it? The kaleidoscope of death. Okay. Because think about it. As one organ shuts down and it starts from the belly up. So as your liver and your kidneys go, your heart and your fucking lungs are next. And they are far behind any of the other systems. And they too will shut down. You can't, once it shuts down, it's not one of those things you can go in there, step on it and cause the motherfucker to start working again. It, it doesn't work like that. The only way that it works like that is when you die and they bring you back from death. But normally if your organs started shutting down pre-death, they don't normally start back up because mm-hmm. they're dead. Yep. They're dead, D-E-D, dead. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do all tribute, uh, do our tribute, and then I'll I'll tell you guys why the science that came out behind it. 
the methodology for the causation, the outcomes that I've literally been talking about for two years. Are they actually admitting that it's causation, though? Yeah, you'll, you'll see. Because I, I don't think they, I, I didn't think they admitted that part. This is an American study. It's German. Okay. Well, then they would have admitted causation. Oh, fuck. That's a good one. Because, you know, we don't actually put data like that out in the, in the United States. Oh, this is about the study. Was this a, from the Substack that I had? The Arcmedic? Yeah. Uh, a whole bunch of people have been covering this today. Um, but I like Arcmedic's specifically because he, he kind of lays it out there. And it's long. I don't know that I'm going to get through the whole thing, but I'm going to try my best. So hit the big numbers and we'll put it in the Substack. And oh, then oh you yeah. Can go I will definitely read it. copy it or into the Substack. We'll, we'll tell you where to go find it so you can find it from the Substack. We'll link it. Because I'd rather you go read it on his. Yeah, yeah. I, no, I we'll, we'll, we'll link it. We link it into the Substack. It'll like put the, the header up there and you just click more and it'll click you right into the Substack. Substack's really good about collaboration between authors, even if they don't like, even if the authors don't know it. So like, it's really easy to, to link someone else's Substack into your Substack if you find what they have to say worthwhile. So they don't, you don't need permission. You can request that another author, like I did with James Rogowski when he was on the other day, like I requested that he basically cross post with me, um, that he collaborate with me on that specific Substack because it, you know, he was part of the interview, but, um, you don't have to, you can just link someone's sub, sub stack in there. And then when you post the sub stack, it'll actually ask you, would you like to recommend this sub stack to your readers? So sweet. Yeah. I really like Substack, actually. Pretty interesting. It's amazing the platforms that we've come up with to um, try and get around the censorship. And it, one day we'll get to the ultimate form of free speech. One day. Yeah, exactly. Even if we have to go back to the town square and start screaming from our lungs again. <laughs> All right. So people can just hear us. Fuck it. So here we go. Uh, and this is titled Philadelphia 2023. Uh, if y'all remember the movie Philadelphia with Tom Hanks, God forbid. Anyway, your immune system on the edge. Again, this is from Arc Medic. I would have liked a little break, but had to interrupt it for an emergency broadcast. I'll try and keep it short. Sorry, I failed again. Two papers have appeared in quick succession that just need to be put together, and I need to tell you what they mean in the context of a more familiar paper, and it's a real problem. To be honest, I wasn't paying that much attention until my favorite anonymous protemic scientist sent this message in a Telegram group. By the way, thanks, Pavel Durov. You gave us a home on Twitter, sent us into exile. It was about IgG4. I challenge anyone to put this better and in inimitable Ursa style in so few words. This is from... Ursa Flavinkins. This is incredibly dangerous. This led to persistence and the IgG4 itself is not ADCC or CDC competent. It is known as a silencing antibody, which is a part of the foreign body response when the antigens cannot be effectively eliminated or during an anti-inflammatory response. IgG4 FC trigger no effector function. Its sole role is to cover up uh, epitopes that cause a prolonged hypersensitive state. 
as it is produced in the last stage of a persistent germinal center reaction near the end of the Ig class switching series. This means immunotolerance instead of neutralizing response, which is why vaccinated become more sensitive and more likely to die at the third dose. Okay. Let me put this into layman's terms because I know that was very dry and scientific. So um, if y'all heard about allergy therapy, where like if, if you have an allergy to peanuts, you are supposed to take just a little bit of peanut powder every single day, okay? And it creates an IgG4 response. So your body, it creates an antibody, but it's, it's not an antibody that really attacks something. Your body starts, it makes your body think that that peanut is supposed to be there so that you are no longer allergic to it. It's an immunoglobulin support system within your body. The IgG4 is an immunoglobulin support system in your body that basically is your allergy factory, if you will. If you're allergic to things, that's the system that gets inflamed and gets pissed off if you're allergic to it. If you're severely allergic to it, i.e. pineapples, peanuts, uh, whatever the weird shit is that people are allergic to, that you are highly sensitive to, i.e. poison ivy, um, horrible poison ivy, that is that immunoglobulin support system in your body that is getting fucked up. But it's not actually an antibody. It's not the way that we think of antibodies. It's not one of the ones that goes and kills something that's foreign because the purpose of this antibody is to make your body think that it's supposed to be there. Okay. So when the jab is creating an antibody response, it's creating an IgG4 response which means it's training your body to think that the spike protein is actually supposed to be there, but it's toxic. And then you end up with ADE because the spike protein just keeps inflaming and inflaming and inflaming. So hold, so let me keep going here. And that's when you hit SADS mm -hmm. and exactly. all the other wonderful things. So the second paper, all right, um, is from nature.com. How odd this EK1, and this again is from Urza, how, and he's just doing a synopsis. How odd this EK1 is, specific confirmed highly potent fusion inhibitor against COVID-2. Online since early 2019, why Sai mentioned it as early as January 31st. Why not other drugs, vaccines, anything else? So here we go. We have recently designed and engineered a pan-cove fusion inhibitor, EK1 peptide, which could inhibit infection of five human coronaviruses, including SARS-CoV-2 and MERS-CoV and, th and three bat SL coves, intranasal. So when Ursa said, this is bad, I had to raise an eyebrow, even though I've been trying to avoid digging into the nuances of the immunological changes associated with the COVID and the mRNA vaccines. So here are the three papers. Paper one, Loker, the PDL one paper. Okay. Increased PDL one surface, surface expression on peripheral blood gran, granulocytes and monocytes after vaccination with SARS-CoV-2 mRNA or vector vaccine. So the chart shows a large and significant rise in PDL one expression in immune cells. So um, that's, that's the, the chart. Okay. But why PD one is the protein that T cells use to mitigate any attack against host cells. 
your own body. What else do T cells do? Inhibit cancer. Yeah. Okay. Inhibition of PDL1 is the basis of some of the most important and effective cancer treatments developed in the last 10 years. In fact, the most well known PDL1 inhibitor, um, Pembrolizumab has revolutionized the management of malignant uh, melanoma. Essentially, this kind of immunotherapy tells your T cells to stop ignoring the tumor. Stop ignoring the tumor cells. Kill them. Kill them all. And the T cells go to work and kill the bad cells. Great. So what would happen if you do the opposite? As in, not just don't give the Keytruda, but actually give something that has the opposite action. That's what the graph represents. No worries. If you don't have melanoma or any other PDL1 mediated tumor types, maybe it doesn't matter. But there's another feature of PDL1 induction which relates to immune tolerance. It means that high PDL1 levels are a feature of an immune system that has been programmed to ignore an antigen effectively suppressing the very T cells needed to fight off a respiratory virus. Furthermore, if you want to keep tumor cells under control, you are going to need your NK cells, your natural killer cells. What you really don't want is the continuous production of a viral-like protein spike causing NK cell exhaustion. Nope, you really don't want that. So your natural killer cells, right? Your immune system has, it's, it has multi-layers and everybody's different. Um, Dr. Shiva spoke about this He's, I, I spoke about this extensively, but every, everybody's immune response is different. Everybody's immune system is, is a little different because everybody's a little bit different, but the basis of your immune system is, is there's different levels. The antibodies are the very end. Uh, first, the natural killer cells go around and they kill off all the virus and then something else goes and, and cleans it up, right? And gets rid of it. But when you have so much when you inject yourself with a Q dot, a program that tells your body to make this toxic spike protein that your body is then attacking because that's what it's supposed to do. Your body is making the virus, but it's making so much of it that your NK cells are literally exhausted. I mean, how long can you, how long can you, as a warrior, how long can you fight without you, stopping? You, you really said that very convolutedly. Look, you have your white blood cells, your T cells and your uh, amoebic consorted cells, which are the big killers, your, your natural killer cells. Those are your three last lines of defense. Okay. It, we look for those in your blood as markers as doctors do, um, because that shows somewhere your body's trying to repair itself. Okay. Something got fucked up and your body's trying to repair itself. So if we can't talk to you and you can't make out any words, we're going to look at your blood because your blood will tell you, tell us what's wrong with you. Depending on where the enzymes are coming from in your blood will also tell us about round about where the area is. So we'll start scanning that area first x-rays, then MRIs, and we'll get down to the nitty gritty, if we, especially if you can't speak. It's one of the cool things about modern medicine. One of the few nice things because we can figure that shit out from a simple blood test. Understand a T cell is the only thing in your body that can kill a white blood cell. One of the things that this spike protein has been known to exacerbate is your T cell reproduction. If you have T cells floating around in your body and you don't have cancer, your T cells will start attacking white blood cells. 
because it they identify them as cancerous and they can do that. So what it does to your natural immune system, your just general immune system. It just fucks the entire thing up. It obliterates. You it don't shuts, have it, it shuts the whole thing down. Because what your natural killer cells do, whatever doesn't survive the T-cell, white blood cell interaction, the natural killer cells go around and whack what's left. So, and it says, and if you're trying to keep your NK cells working, central to the suppression of tumors, you really don't want elevated PDL1 expression. So the next paper, the IR gang IgG4 paper. This paper is hot off the press, being released during Christmas week, presumably when nobody would notice, but we did. Class switch towards non-inflammatory spike-specific IgG4 antibodies after repeated SARS-CoV-2 mRNA vaccination. You can read the paper directly but I don't think I can do it more justice than this excellent blog. The train wreck of all train wrecks, billions of people stuck with a broken immune response. Do me a favor and pour yourself a drink. You'll need it by the end of this article. I'll try to avoid repeating what we've already addressed in previous two articles on the subject. After mRNA vaccination, the immune response against spike is shifting to IgG4, which is how your body responds after repeat exposure to stuff it needs to tolerate, like bee venom, pollen, or peanut proteins. Train wreck is the word. You see what Rintra and Ursa are trying to say is the fact that there is a switch of immunoglobin G, which is a standard memory antibody, to the rare form of IgG4 following mRNA COVID vaccines mean that the, means that the immune system is collapsing. Yeah, sorry. As the background, Rintra points to this breakdown of IG class, which shows the classes that perform SARS-CoV-2 neutralization, A, and the proportion of those antibody types in convalescent COVID-recovered plasma, B. So you'll see the IG3 does most of the work. IG4, IgG4 does not contribute at all to neutralization of the virus. IgM is what you produce in the first week and mostly what helps you get rid of virus. Gets worse. Not only in the level is the level of antibody production off the scale, but the Argang paper shows that by the time of the booster, the IgG4 proportion has risen to levels we would never see in a normal infectious process or traditional vaccine. In fact, which right there tells you that this vac- this was whole disease manufactured in a lab, released by man on man and allowed to transverse the planet via man as the carrier. And that's where we're at today. It's obvious, obvious this would never, ever happen. In fact, raised IgG4 levels are indicators of some very problematic diseases and represent immune tolerance. This is the kind of process you undergo in order to get a peanut or grass allergy under control. We talked about that. Is that really what they said we were trying to achieve with this therapy? Again, rather than go over the same ground, my friend Igor Chudov explains this very clearly on his Substack, which is another one I recommend, Igor's newsletter. Booster-caused IgG4 immune tolerance explains excess mortality and chronic COVID in the COVID boosted. Oh, uh, this in itself would be enough to explain the increase in infection rates that we have been banging on about since the UK HSA vaccine surveillance report showed that three doses of the vaccine were associated with a negative efficacy of over 300%. If you don't believe me, Igor, or the UK HSA who don't believe themselves, there is more data showing this effect most recently, most dramatically in the recent Cleveland Clinic study. 
Um, this is what ADE, vaccine enhanced infection risk, looks like in clinical studies that are not suppressed by Big Pharma and the government. More doses. See this chart? More doses, more infection. The more doses you take, the more likely you are to get COVID. And the effect could not be any more obvious than the abject failure of Australia to hide its embarrassing COVID data after they pushed and pushed for boosters when there was essentially no COVID to worry about. So again, this goes on for a very long time, but it, it, it goes. That's enough right there. I mean, that right there is enough to convict all these motherfuckers in any court. It, it, I say it's time we stretch out the ropes. It, we start right there with flip flop Fauci. And uh, we work our way back to the ass clowns that started the idea with mRNA. And, hey, I'm sorry, Dr. McCullough, but you're part of it. No, not Dr. McCullough, Dr. Malone. Or Dr. Malone, you're part of it, bud. You started this shit. It was mm-hmm. your brain. I'm sorry, you've got to answer for your part of this crime, too. All right, so hold on. So a big uh, the paper discussed in that article shows definitively that the spike protein, the very one produced in huge quantities by the mRNA separates by the mRNA therapy suppressed P53 activity at a cellular level. P53 is the main tumor suppressor in the body. So suppressing it is a really bad idea. Don't do it. As explained in the article, it will result in a whole host of cancers, starting with lymphoma, because TB cells turn over faster than most other cells in the body and are directly impacted by the spike RNA. So now we have a problem on multiple pathways leading to the same scenario. One, suppression of the body's defense against cancer. Two, suppression of the body's defense against viruses. Three, exhaustion of the very components of the immune system that protect against these two things. Honestly, this is exactly what I said We've already talked a about year this. and a half ago. It's called the perfect storm. It's we now we just, called it the perfect storm. It's now just a, a fancier way of saying it. Yeah. It's coming from a doctor instead of someone who is not a doctor and not a scientist, just reads a lot of this shit. I, I read this two, I mean, I read this a year and a half ago. Yeah. I understood this a year and a half ago. I told you all a year and a half ago, this shit will give you cancer. You will die from a cold that you got when you were nine because you no longer have any natural immunity against that cold from when you were nine. You're going to have no immune system left. And this is what's going to happen. All, all of our systems in our body learn as we grow older. You learn how to manage your oxygen better. You learn how to lift heavier weights. Your body learns how to deal with pain, learns how to deal with sore muscles, learns how to, your body's amazing. Mm -hmm. You know, technically the only thing that our bodies don't learn how to do very well is if we break a limb. That's not true. No, no, no. The act of setting the limb is something in medical history they have proven. Setting the limb actually heals the body faster. Exactly. Your body, uh, when you break a bone, your doctors, they all, all they do is set it and put you in a cast. They immobilize it. Your body heals itself. Yeah. That's it. But they prove that not setting the limb. I mean, yeah, it'll fuck you up. Yeah. You'll have to cut it off eventually. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why they've been setting limbs for thousands of years. Well, exactly. But, but anyway. my, my point is, is, is that outside of that, there's again, but that's emergency medicine. Our emergency medicine is phenomenal. Lynn's my pinky's crooked too. Don't feel bad. 
Just our mind. <laughs> we all let our pinkies heal crooked. Come on. Holy everyone fuck. breaks their pinky and lets that shit heal crooked. No one wants to go to the... Yeah, I mean, you know what a pain in the ass it is to, heal, to tape your pinky up to the... First off, setting it, it just fucking hurts. And no one goes to the doctor for that shit. No. My favorite anyway. is the old... Uh, when you take the pinky... And you can actually just pop it directly no, right out of not. its socket. Let's, let's just not. Let's socket not. Let's not. You got no. a new knuckle? No. No, no, no. no? Let's not okay. do that. Okay. Anyway. Um, you know what though? I do before we before we get to this clip, because this is this is some oh, that's some craziness. I do wanna I do wanna talk about something. Um and we're done with him. But I, I wanna talk about something heartwarming real quick. I don't know if you guys saw the video. Look at that. My New York accent's coming out all of a sudden. Holy Probably shit. You're we going to New York. Fuck, nah, you're fucking going to That's talk it. to, you're talking about a chicken buffalo. Come right. on. So I, and I don't think we played the video on here. I think you and I just watched it of the lady freaking out, asking for help for the guy. Yeah. Right. We haven't played it on here. Okay. We're going to play it on and here I couldn't, tonight. I couldn't, no, I couldn't find the video again, but I found the whole thread. I think the video is on Instagram and you know what a fucking pain in the ass it is to find a, a video again on Instagram. The ones you don't want to see come up over and over again. And the ones you're like, fuck, you can't find anyway, but this is the thread. So, and this is the actual story because the video that we saw is just this woman screaming for help. I can't take care of this man anymore. He's going to die. Yeah. Okay. She has so, <clears throat> folks. Listen, so he's got, he's got frostbite on his hands and on his feet. He came up to her house. He's well, her next on. door neighbor. No, no, he's not. Here's the story. Go, go. Cause I got the whole story in here. So let's, right. let's read it. No, go start, start at the top. Where? Right there. Okay. True angel in Buffalo, a threat. A local woman received a call on Christmas Eve. Hi, you don't know me, but I have your brother. The woman's brother's name is Joey. He's 64 years old and mentally disabled. He has a touch of dementia. Okay. So that's Joey. Joey works at the North Park Theater. So his sister believes he went there Thursday, got scared and stayed over, and then decided to walk back to his home. A woman named Shakira Autry heard someone crying and asking for help in the middle of a blizzard. This is Buffalo when they're getting like fucking five feet of snow and it's negative something degrees. Okay. And she hears this guy crying for help outside of her house. And <clears throat> so her boyfriend Trent went outside to look and found Joey and carried him out of the snowbank. He was stuck in a snowbank and into their home. Joey was so frozen. They had to cut his socks off. They had to use a hairdryer to dry his pants that were frozen to his legs and they cut the strap of a Wegmans bag from his hands. Okay. Um, his hands <clears throat> scroll down. <clears throat> so that's Joey. So they're, they're trying to obviously warm him up there. Um, so yeah. So Shakira, mother of three fed Joey, cleaned him, washed his clothes, gave him warm blankets, did everything she could to make him comfortable until she could find help. Shakira had family FaceTime Joey, which he was fascinated by to keep him preoccupied from the pain. You can see a little bit there how hand, how swollen his hands are like that. He had, well, we'll keep going. Um, <clears throat> such a heartfelt story. It's almost unbelievable. Had it not been for Shakira, Joey would have died. The frostbite on Joey's hands looked like it was turning to gangrene. Helpless, Shakira posted a plea on Facebook for emergency help. And that's the video that we saw that went viral. Look at his hands, y'all. That's insane. That's gangrene. That's that's straight up like your hands are going to fall off. You're going to go septic. Um, so when she put this call out, and I mean, she was she was crying. She was saying in the video, like she's screaming. She was calling for she was calling emergency services, and they were telling her they couldn't get there. They couldn't help her. Like, sorry, nothing we can do. And so 
kind strangers came to her home and pl- with a plow and they carried Joey outside wrapped in a blanket to their truck and they drove him to the hospital. And Shakira took the ride with Joey to the hospital so that he would feel safe. She said, no one's going to hurt you, honey. And they arrived. The nurses took him into their care. Joey had fourth degree frostbite. He's currently in the burn unit. His sister said Shakira Autry saved her brother's life. She absolutely did. What she and her boyfriend did is an act of pure love. So good on them. Oh, yeah. Yep. Fucking A. That's that's fucking gross, folks. That is fucking gross. Just think about that. That could be your dad, your mom. Yeah, Buffalo Freeze. Too cold for emergency services, not too cold for a couple of dudes with a plow and a pickup truck to get over there and, and get this dude. That's what it takes. You know? That's what it's about. It's about community. That's what we keep telling you. It's about community. It's about coming together and helping your neighbors. This is not community. Uh, no. What time is it? We don't have time for this. Yeah, we do. Um, I really want to get into this. All no, right, we're we going to get into that deep tomorrow. Then. We're going to get into that deep all tomorrow. All right, so, so minimize that, and I'll keep that. That's a whole separate. <laughs> um, uh, wait, I, I've got more coming on that. Go, go, to, go to the Dimitri one, because you wanted to talk about that. Uh, that that too. Hey, we don't have time. Yeah, to we do, about. because we still have 20 minutes. All right. Okay. So, so this is, this is really scary. And I got to preface this. Uh, I wish actually you brought up, uh, Igor for me, um, that video clip so I could play it against what he's saying in here. Cause I can skip to the clip exactly where he says it, where he talks about the part about what he's talking about here. So understand what I'm about, what we're about to talk about. Oh, Real quick. Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me, let me, let me show you something here. Okay. This was brought to my attention. Somebody said that, said this to us. Um, great fucking. And I was like, I've already got this thread, so don't even worry about it. it great points here. But this Medyev, uh, Dmitry Medyev here, he is the former FSB minister. He's the um, former president of, of Russia, yeah, right? Yeah, he's the former president, but he was also in charge of the FSB for about 30 fucking plus years. All right. This guy is the most deep-rooted communist I would like to tell you about. He really is. Huge. Hates the West. Hates America. Hates everything we stand for. Believes exactly the opposite of everything we believe in. Um, believes that everybody works for the state and nobody works for themselves. Um completely the opposite of everything we believe. So he went out there and he decided, well, since New Year's Eve's coming up and everybody's into making predictions, I'm going to make some. And he said, this is what we could see happen in 2023. Yep. The scary part is he's not far off. He's really not. So let's get into it. Hold on here. Here, go Because he said many come up with futuristic hypotheses as if competing to single out the wildest and even the most absurd ones. Here's our humble contribution. What can happen in 2023? Realize what he said. What can happen in 2023? Mm -hmm. Number one, oil price will rise to $150 a barrel. Gas prices will top $5 per one cubic meter. So we're talking, holy shit. For us, that would we would max it out. We hit that eight dollar and fifty dollar. We hit that. Okay, eight, we'd hit, we'd back up close to, the, to ten dollars a, 
in some no, places. No, 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 because with taxes it, in California, that would be yeah, it'd be ten dollars in California, be about eight fifty for us mm-hmm. everywhere else. Okay. Um, the UK will rejoin the EU. Actually, and then, that's that they're up fourteen points right now. They they the people in the UK are apparently saying they want to rejoin the EU. And then when that happens, the e- EU collapses. <laughs> and the euro will Go drop figure. out of use as the former EU currency. Yeah. Poland and Hungary will occupy Western regions of former, former existing Ukraine. Think about what that says that right there. The, of the formerly existing Ukraine, which basically he's implying that Russia is about to destroy them. Yes. The, fork, right, the Fourth Reich will be created, encompassing the territory of Germany and its satellites, i.e. Poland and the Baltic states. Uh, Czech, Czech, uh, Czech, the, what used to be the Czech Republic? Yeah, Czech Republic, Slovakia, Kiev Republic, and the other outcasts. So now when we were listening to the video that someone sent us earlier, she was like, well, the fourth Reich, blah, blah, blah. No, it, that's, that's a metaphor. No, it's not a fucking metaphor. The fourth Reich is the fourth Reich. The fourth Reich is, is, is coming right now. You can, you can call the fourth Reich. Like it's after the third, it's the fourth one. Yeah. I, I don't understand how it's not what you think it is. It's exactly what you think it is. Yes. It's the fourth Reich. We already know that. Yes. Um, Wait, wait, does that, is that, um, yeah, okay. Yeah, that was so, fine. War will break out between France and the Fourth Reich. Europe will be divided. Poland repartitioned in the process. Northern Ireland will separate from the UK and join the Republic of Ireland. Oh, they, they'll become one again. Ireland will become one! I, I can kind of sit back on that civil one. Civil war will break out in the US. We don't call that civil war around here. We call that uncivil war. There is no such thing as a civil war, but uncivil war will break out in the US. California and Texas becoming independent states as a result. Texas and Mexico will form an allied state. Elon Musk will win the presidential election in a number of states, which, after the new civil war's end, will have been given to the GOP. Interesting. Interesting. That's that's a scary one because that's not too far off. And all I of the largest. I think you all can agree, but I don't think we agree I don't, I don't on about Elon Musk. Elon Musk. Although, because Mick said earlier, well, he he can't be president. Well, uh, not under the current constitution, but if we had an uncivil war and oh, the states broke up, then people would be rewriting constitutions all over the place, and then maybe you would only have to be a U.S. resident for a certain number of years before you could be president. That's a possibility. So uh, all of the largest stock markets and financial activity will leave the U.S. and Europe and move to Asia, which would be Russia and China. The Benton Woods system of monetary management will collapse, leading to to the IMF and the World Bank crash. The euro and the dollar will stop circulating the global reserve currencies. Digital fiat currencies will be actively used instead. Has he just been like listening to conspiracy theorists that have been talking about this shit for over a year? Go way up a little. Uh, oh, did you find this helpful? Rate it. Okay. Yeah. Seasons. Oh, no, no. There's one more trolling at the bottom. Uh, then he says, uh, seasons greetings to you all, Anglo-Saxon friends, and they're happily oinking piglets. Wow. <laughs> it's a scary thought. Stretch them, hang them high. That's all I can say. If that's true, we're coming to civil war. Uncivil war. Oink, oink. You're right, Linz. Either way. 
Okay. Uh, one, we are play, play that clip, play the, oh, whatever. Turn. No, not that one. The turning point one. Up at the top. Yeah. That one. Cause this real quick too. You this judicial is, watch. Hmm? Is that what it is? Oh, yeah, tipping, it's point. It's tipping point. Yeah, it's tipping point. Yes. Not turning point. Yeah. Tipping. Oh, and there you go. Another show. Yep. So our friends over at Judicial Watch are announcing today that they have received 345 pages of records from the Defense Threat Reduction Agency under the umbrella of the Department of Defense regarding U.S. funding for anthrax biolabs in Ukraine. Ever since the issue first exploded onto the scene earlier this year with the Russian invasion of Ukraine, both sides have tried to utilize the allegations to their benefit. Just two weeks ago, at the end of October, Russia drafted a resolution to the United Nations Security Council asking for an investigation into the biolabs. The resolution would have required a 15-member commission to relate their findings to the Security Council by the end of this month and to set up a review conference in Geneva, Switzerland. However, last week, the proposal was overwhelmingly rejected by the UN Security Council. But joining us now to discuss the new biolab findings is Chris Farrell, the Director of Investigations and Research at Judicial Watch. Thanks for being here tonight, Chris. Sarah, you've hit the nail on the head when it comes to propaganda. You know, the first casualty of war is the truth. And uh, your opening commentary is right on the nose. Well, I really do appreciate it. And I want to ask you, I mean, it looks like the U.S. was funding these biolabs in Ukraine in 2019, 2018, I believe, to the tune of $11 million, correct? Yeah, and that's chump change, right? That's, that's nickels and dimes compared to the $70 billion we're sending to Ukraine now. Look, this th program, honchoed by Defense Threat, Threat Reduction Agency, or DITRA, it's really a jobs program for former Soviet scientists, right? That's what the intention was. You have the dissolution of the Soviet Union. You have Ukraine breaking off to become its own country, its own uh, sovereignty in 94. What do you do with all these labs and all these scientists hanging around who have very deadly toxins on their hands? Well, you co-op them, right? So you create a program, you fund them, you let them do their experiments, but the idea is since you're funding them, you're controlling them. That's the idea, uh, except that then it becomes inconvenient and awkward when things like wars pop up or when the Russians knock out all the electricity in Ukraine. And guess what's needed to maintain those laboratories and the security of those uh, pathogens in those labs? Electricity. So th there's lots of problems beyond just the headlines. Uh, but yes, you know, anthrax in labs in Ukraine, true. Uh, folks, I get worried when I see stuff like this. They're right. already spinning a narrative for what's coming next. No, no, no. Where it's coming no, from. No, no, Well, yeah, that's part of it. But when I hear of, <clears throat> okay, so think about this. If the FBI, for instance, were to have an internal investigation against themselves who would investigate them there, there's no other law enforcement agency higher than the fbi in the u.s who would actively investigate the fbi well everybody says well that's the justice department no those are fbi agents so one more time who would investigate them hmm. here this gentleman right here he said he was I forget what his name was, Senator so-and-so or whatever. He's wearing a purple heart lapel pin right there. Yep. Okay. That means he was in the military. He's investigating the military. An organization he used to be in 
He's investigating. See, I don't think that's legit either. Whenever I see that shit, it automatically says, wait a minute. What if, what if you no, were no, tasked no, no, no. with investigating the military? I would I'd walk away from it. No. I used to be involved. You can hold too much over my head. You can hold my retirement in the balance, which provides sustenance. No, I can't do it. It's a conflict of interest. And I guarantee if he's got a purple heart, he's getting a retirement and he's getting disability from the military. And I guarantee that is a conflict of interest. I hate when I see that shit. Okay, and I always see that weirdly on OAN. I mean, no, get me wrong. He's still saying the right shit. Okay. But I just always, I'm very cautious about that. I, I, I got you. I understand. But the point of the clip is that they were, we were funding biolabs in Ukraine, which we already knew, right? Um, the military we, we, specifically. Victoria, Victoria Newland already admitted that. Yep. Specifically, the military was funding bioweapons labs in Ukraine. So they, they're playing with anthrax over there and all these other pathogens. Where exactly was COVID made? COVID? COVID. I believe it started in China. You believe. Do you remember, however, when the Chinese said that the U.S. military released it in that they actually made it and they released it in the during the the military games. Well, it would have had to been been made outside the United States because it can't be made in the U.S. Mm, maybe in China, maybe in Ukraine. Possibly in China, because we're not allowed to have any more level four labs than the two of, that have already been built, mm-hmm. and we're not allowed to have any more past that. Now, the because of the, now course, we, know we the, play by we the know rules. The initial game of gain of function research was done uh, at Fort Fort Detrick, and then moved to the University of North Carolina um, under uh, Ralph Barrick, and then Fauci shifted it offshore when Obama supposedly outlawed gain of function research, and that's when it went to China. But which China? Did, do you do you guys do you guys really think that we would just hand that over to the Chinese? Really? Honestly, do you think we would just hand that over to the Chinese? Or do you think we would continue to develop it ourselves in secret labs throughout the world? Like in the Ukraine. Yeah. Maybe that's why we're so involved in this war where we have no responsibility whatsoever. And why Republicans seem to just bend over backwards to send money there and say mm-hmm. it's morally right thing to do. I just, why is it so morally right? What what makes their moral conundrum any bigger than any other country that why aren't other countries donating the amount of money that the United States is a hundred billion dollars. Now a hundred billion dollars. Literally there are people freezing and starving on the streets, living in absolute filth, uh, you know, homeless and, but yet we're sending, we're sending a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine as if not a big deal, not a problem. Don't worry about it. The WHO tried to, uh, it's an investment to guilt trip Elon saying that he could cure, he could solve world hunger with 44 billion. And why is he spending that on Twitter? Yeah. But we're sending a hundred billion dollars. We've already sent a hundred billion dollars to Ukraine. Why didn't we end world hunger? Why are, I didn't even know why we're having this conversation. Everybody but yes, Ukraine before. is the bastion of freedom and democracy. No, no, it's not. That's what, that's, no. that's, that's what the Ukraine snake is oil a, salesman said in front of Congress. 
Ukraine is another state in the United States of America. It's the 51st because Puerto Rico doesn't want what to have anything. What fucking state? What state have we sent $100 billion to? What state does the United States just say, hey, the here's of, $100 billion? The state of Joe Biden's bank account. This is fucking ludicrous. We've lost our minds. By We're just going to print $1.7 trillion. Out of thin air. We're already fucking broke. Because our retarded politicians. children are already fucking broke, but we're going to print just $1.7 trillion out of nowhere. Our retarded politicians, the ones we voted for, said, no, 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 no. We got to get this approved before Christmas because I can't be here past the fucking 23rd. You know, there were actual Nazi symbols on that that flag that the soldiers signed for Zelensky that was given that's hanging in Congress right now. There are Nazi symbols on a Ukrainian flag hanging in Congress right now. Did you see the little symbol? Yeah, that's a Nazi symbol, too. Zelensky had at his neck. Yeah, the only one. That's the eagle Mm-hmm. The eagle, the new eagle Nazi emblem. Yep. I was like, wow. You, I mean, they literally brought a Nazi into Congress they, and hung his flag with Nazi symbols on the wall. I don't remember if Hitler ever came to our Congress. He didn't have that much. Uh, no, no, no. We just, we funded him quietly. Craziness. Un, under the table. Craziness. You know. He says, don't worry. Joe's just jerking him off anyway under the table. We know that. We saw him with the ass grab. I don't know if you guys have seen that picture yet, but we'll bring that up. That is hysterical. We'll put that picture up tomorrow because that is amazing. Uh, There's a huge, like, he had a a digit slipped in that dude's butthole. I guarantee it. There's no way he didn't. Seriously. Like, Seamus' nose couldn't have gone further up his his asshole. (laughs) Literally, Seamus goes deep. I mean, he digs deep. Right there, and he's like, ooh, what you got up there? I hate to steal one from Sam Tripoli, but my dog digs deep. (laughs) Shit goes up there. Tell you something. Shitty finger my ass. Man who goes to bed with itchy asshole wakes up with smelly finger. Yes. My Confucius words of the day. All right. Anyway, um, man who buys Irish Wolfhound with large nose goes to bed with <laughs> impaled butthole. <laughs> yes. It's very true. Exactly. What time is it? Oh, they're more than My knuckle deep. Dead. Um, yeah. <laughs> eight ten. Okay. Perfect. All right. Well, we'll be back tomorrow night. Um, yes, no, we will. We no guests tomorrow night so no 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 guests tonight uh tomorrow night i do however um our featured sponsor of the day um we spoke about him uh during the interview as dr sherwood and the functional medical clinic in tulsa so the dr sherwood you can go to um sherwood.tv slash patriot party i'll put the link in the Substack, and uh we've saved 10 percent on he has this amazing kingdom fuel this protein powder yep um but you know just uh works great folks yes it's amazing so uh and you get a free ebook about health and nutrition and like how how to how to live well so and they treat jab injured everything all 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 three parts of you your 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 body your mind and your soul your spirit because if you're only as strong as the weakest of those three so very true yep so either way, we will be back at 545 for Liana's Lounge, yep. 6 p.m. for the show. Mm-hmm. Um, like, share, subscribe, par for the course. Yep. And uh, check out Liana's show tomorrow morning at 9.05.
She was on this morning. Great show this morning, madame. Enjoyed it. And uh, we'll see you back here tomorrow night uh, for the Mick. And V-Lynn. We'll talk to you later, Savages. Have a great night. Thanks for watching. Fuck around and find out.